Magoni is a goal scorer. What about Dante? Dante's his own breed. Give me two seconds, Eichel and Svetch, and I'll be coming at your neck. Richard Zednick, laugh past the breadstick, or Tammy will bury. Send him on his merry way, lessons don't carry. What's sadder than KK's broken spleen? Leafs fan with hopes and dreams. Rink Moose is back for season three with hot takes like you wouldn't believe. I'll block shots. I rescind that. You've never blocked a shot for me. Now let's turn it over to the host of the show. His character's high, but his skill level's low. Kid back checks like you don't even know. Championship flow, Jonathan Quick is a schmo. Yeah. Oh, hello there. Tis the season. Last year was like treason. Stanley Cup, more like a COVID cup. The year of Cooper was more a big blooper, like Ferris Bueller in a brand new cruiser. Now my car is a star, moves like a sports car He can sauce like a boss and crisscross like Art Ross He's peanut butter smooth like Quinn Hughes And a work of art like that upstart Carter Hart Mmm, that's good kokanee right there So in comes Keith, will the boys be Leaf? Can Jumbo Joe and Austin Smoe avoid another repeat? It's time to start the show, so turn up the stereo Put your feet up, relax, enjoy a Bud Light Jack Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to season three, episode four of the Rink Moose Hockey Podcast, an episodic podcast where two good pals get together and discuss all things NHL and their implications in the fantasy hockey universe. Universe. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Nick Costu, <laughs> along with this selfish smuck, schmuck, Kyle Nice. <laughs> Kyle, how are you doing on this uh, fine Wednesday evening? Boy, my character traits are always changing on this show. People don't know who I am anymore. I'm doing well. I'm yeah. doing well. You're yeah, you're terrifying me right now. You got right now we're on a Zoom call and you've you've got this photo of this just mugshot of of of, of uh, who's this Tanev? Tanev, yeah. This is just this is just this is like sending shivers down my spine. <laughs> when I saw when I saw this photo, I knew I had to have this guy on my team. And I, what I really question is where was this guy on the offseason? Like, w- there's no way he was training for hockey. He must have been in some backwater third world, you know, neighborhood. And I have no idea what he was doing there. But he's an <laughs> awesome, awesome guy. Just a great guy to have on your fantasy team. And of course, I would be uh, remiss if I did not introduce. Our guest for this week in the ever-rotating third chair, occupying the hot seat this time around. They call him, of course, Joe from the Bridge. Whoa! Joseph Camilleri. How are you doing on this? Uh, how are you doing on this evening? Great. Uh, it's great to be back. But before we start, I just wanted to say two things. Uh, one, I wanted to wish a happy birthday to the schmuck Kyle. Uh, I was waiting, waiting for the show to do it. And I also would like to issue a public apology to the uh the Rink Muse viewers and to Kyle especially. Um, wow. My and this is a very big step for me because I never do this, especially when it comes to uh, hockey and 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 my rivals. But I will say I, I was wrong. I was wrong about the mm. Montreal Canadiens. Wow. They're a good hockey team. <laughs> I I don't want to play them in the playoffs. There we go. So accept my apology, uh, Kyle. Hopefully, and uh, the rest of the Rink Moose universe. But. Uh, there, I said it. They're a good team. And, you know, I you know what? Said. 
this is another thing that we teach the ladies and gentlemen of the show is that you can be a bigger person. And Joe is showing that today. The humility involved is outstanding. I accept the apology. And like I said on the phone call the other day, we can coexist at the top of the standings. And that's fine by me. And as long as we beat Edmonton, that's, you know, at the end of the day, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, hey, as 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 we'll yeah. discuss, I think there might be a new uh, third uh, team on the block that we have to watch out for. So mm-hmm. we'll see about right. that. Well, mm-hmm. hey, that's how that's how things stand right now. You got you got the like literally Joe's got to be in the most ecstatic mood ever because he wakes up this morning to his Leafs being first in the standings. And mm-hmm. you have Montreal right behind him uh, in second. And then tied with Montreal in second with a with a uh, with with seven games played, so Montreal with a game in hand, the Winnipeg mm-hmm. Jets. Mm-hmm. So pretty amazing stuff there, and that of course leads us to our topic of the day: breaking news as of two three days ago. Uh, huge trade, something that Pierre Maguire is calling the biggest trade since two thousand and six, when Joe Thornton was traded to the Boston or to the San Jose Sharks from the Boston. Did he Brewers. really? Wow. Yep. Um, that's a bit extreme that's a bit extreme it it did sound extreme but when I thought about it I was like you know what I can't think of one either so right without further ado here here are the details Uh, in case you haven't heard it and you've been living under a rock the last two three days the 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 Jets acquire uh, of course PBL or no not PBL what, what, what? How would I say it? Uh, PLD. P- PLD. 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 <laughs> PLD. Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, along with a third-round pick in the 2022 NHL draft in exchange for Patrick Laine and Jack Roslevic headed to uh, Columbus, Ohio. And of course, little fine detail, Jets will retain 26% of that line a salary. So those are the details. Um, lots to unpack here. I mean, I, I, I guess, you know, I'll, I'll just st- state some details here before we get some opinions. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois' father is an assistant coach for the Manitoba Moose. That's the AHL team of, of Winnipeg. So there's a little tie mm. in there. Uh, Jack Roslevic is a Columbus, Ohio native. Uh, one of the few in the NHL, so that's a little tie in there. And of course, Yarmo Kikalainen, uh, the lone Finnish GM in the NHL, he of course acquires arguably the best Finnish player in Patrick Laine. So oh, wow. lots of interesting little layers there. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yep. I'll open the floor to the guest as always, as, as tradition dictates here on the show. And... Uh, what do you have to say about this? What was your gut reaction, Joe, when you uh, heard this news uh, on uh, Sunday or Saturday morning? Yeah, well, when I when I woke up to the trade, I I, I knew that both parties were going to move on from each other at some point in the season. I was just worried from Winnipeg from Winnipeg's perspective that they were going to overpay for Pierre Luc Dubois, and I think that's exactly what happened in this situation. I think that. I just, I just don't know if the trade makes sense for, for Winnipeg, especially in a league where goal scoring is paramount. Like I'm just like I have Patrick Liney's stats here. He scored 28 in his, yeah, sorry, he scored. He's going 36, 44, 30, and 28 goals. 
And Winnipeg has just given up that and Jack Rosovic and a pick for Pierre-Luc Dubois. Like, don't get me wrong, the center depth is on Winnipeg is going to be great now, but I just I just don't know if you can ever replace the goal-scoring talent of Patrick Laine. And part of me believes that this trade like is more of just like one guy who doesn't want to be there versus another guy that doesn't want to be there and they sort of force their hands. But if I had to pick an immediate winner of the trade, I think it would be Columbus. Like they've just gained like one of the premier goal scorers in the NHL. And I think Winnipeg, I think Pele Dubois is an excellent player, but was it worth Roslovic and Line and a pick? I'm not so sure about that. So my immediate reaction is just that I, I think Winnipeg gave up too much to get Pierre-Luc Dubois. Whether or not it works out, that's a completely different story in the future. I think Pierre's a great player. Um, but uh, I just don't know. I don't know. I, I think they might have given up too much. And I, I just don't think in this league you give up these premier young goal scorers I, I, for a two-way center. I just don't think you do. <clears throat> Kyle Nice. Boy, oh boy. What a, what a jaw-dropper of a trade. Um, I, one thing I want to bring up really quickly, and this this really contributes to the whole value perspective, is that Line a, or sorry, Pierre Luc Dubois just signed a two year deal worth about uh, five million AAV. Overall, the players are going to be paid about the same by the teams due to the fact that you have that salary retention in Winnipeg. However, Line a, his deal's up after this year, so if we don't see a signing from Columbus. For Line, that would be a huge factor to this trade. I'm not sure where they are on that, but we have to keep in mind value-wise, Line is on an expiring deal. No guarantee that he signs there. I mean, we could all picture a scenario where him and and uh, and Torts don't get along, right? I think we've all had that thought run through our head. I'm not sure yeah. these guys are going to be the best of buddies, but it's just something to to look for a little added layer. Um, I'm sure they're going to do everything they can to keep him happy, but I'll take a, a little bit of a a little bit of a contrarian approach to a, to a certain extent. I think both teams won the deal in their own way. Uh, on paper, for sure, Joe's got it down pat. Line's got the better numbers. He's got the higher pedigree. He's the goal scorer. Goals are premium. Um, but then you, you take a look at what it's done to uh, Columbus's center depth. And I'm, not, I'm now looking at Max Domi as their number one center, followed by God knows who. Like, it... it from a team's perspective, I worry that they haven't really moved forward. They've added a weapon, yes, but it, how that translates into wins for them, and especially with the system that they play, like does Line A fit into that defensive system? He can, maybe, but it's going to take a lot of time. Um, so Columbus, I, I'm going to have to really check in on them often to see if this will work for them uh, long-term. And, and hey, if it doesn't, there's going to be worries about him not signing. However... I look over at, uh, at Winnipeg now, and then you mentioned the center depth, which looks fantastic. You're, you're getting a player. If you look at it this way, I think Pierre-Luc Dubois has contributed more wins to Columbus than Line has contributed more wins to Winnipeg. Line was not you know, the top-line guy for them. He was always kind of buried behind the Shifleys, the Wheelers. Now, he did definitely do great things there, but... Uh, I think Columbus is going to miss Dubois as that number one center more than Winnipeg will. And then, uh, I mean, we saw Dubois in the last year's playoffs was a horse. This guy was just just an awesome, tough center who can score goals. He was a point per game. I really love what Winnipeg looks like now. And I think they're very happy with the deal. So 
in a way, I think both teams win. But uh, if I'm the GM in Winnipeg, I, I'd still pull the trigger on that deal any day of the week. I, I love what uh, what they look like and what their identity has evolved into now. It just it's it's turning into my kind of team, so to speak. And I think they're right up there with the big dogs now in that division. I pundits will say that this is a win for both teams. They will say they will look back to the deal Nashville made with Columbus, where Seth Jones was traded for Ryan Johansson, and say it was a win for both teams. And of course, that did not end up being the uh, the case. Uh, Yarmo and Columbus ran away with that deal, as we see Johansson struggling now. Um, and I think the same thing is going to play out with this deal. I think Winnipeg wins in the short and the long term. The reason I say short term is just because I, I think they address a more pressing need. I think the center position inherently has more value in this league than a wing. Um, and I think he will slot in better and simply, you know, bolster that depth and make it arguably the best in that North division with, uh, with, with now Pierre-Luc Dubois, Mark Shifley, Adam Lowry, and, uh, and Paul Stasny. It, it's pretty hard to beat. And I, 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 hey, it's great for, for, Nat, uh, for Columbus. It, it will improve the power play. You are getting a power play specialist who will turn what has been a lackluster power play into a lethal one, which I'm sure will include Seth Jones, Zach Rensky, and Line A on the same unit. I think there's a lot of potential there. But even strength, I think he will struggle. If you own him in fantasy, I think this is a hit. He is not going to produce with a centerman like Max Domi, a, a competent centerman to get him the puck every shift that simply is non-existent in Columbus right now. And so I, I don't know if the fit is as good in Columbus as, as it is in Winnipeg. And that's why I have to give the edge to Winnipeg short term. And then as far as long term, I also think I have to give the edge to Winnipeg. This is a guy in Dubois who played in you know a, a place Kyle's very fond of, Blainville Brobroyant in the Q, <laughs> QMJHL. And Cape Breton, oh, like th- th- this guy's literally played in the in the heart of North Quebec and out east, and 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 this guy likes the cold. He likes these remote little areas. His dad is an assistant coach in Winnipeg. He's got family there. They already have a place for him to stay. He's apparently quarantined in like a place they already owned right now. Like mm. the fit is just so great. Whereas this line A to Columbus. Other than the GM being Finnish and, and knowing, you know, the fact he's known Lionel since he's been 16, I don't think there's an, like enough there. And, and I, Yarmo has surprised me in the past. He's only done great things. So this will be a, a, a true test for him to see if he can, uh, you know, groom Lionel and, 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 and hopefully win, win, win his interest in the next year and a half. Um, and and we'll, see it, we'll see how things go from there. So... I think in the short and the long term, Winnipeg wins this. And then my final little observation, and I think both of you won't want to hear this, given one of you is a is a heart a heartfelt Habs fan, the other's a heartfelt Leafs fan. I think now, if I'm rooting for a single team to come out of this North Division, it's the Winnipeg Jets. Wait, so, when you say uh, when you say rooting, do you mean yeah, like what do you, you mean think? By that? Yeah. Like that's your favorite I, team now? I, I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think they're going to come out of the division as the winner. I, I still think Toronto and Montreal are better teams. But okay. if there's like a place in my heart rooting for one of these teams, it's the Winnipeg Jets. Well, you yeah, know what, Nick, just because uh... I, I, I can't, I can't like the Habs because I'm, I'm a Leafs fan. I'm more elite, obviously a Leafs fan. 
but I can't root for the Leafs because of this recent character trajectory I've seen, which was highlighted this past week when I saw Mitch Marner chirp oh, uh, the Winnipeg Jets after he scored that empty netter. It really bothered me. Oh, that, that okay. So, first of all... That really got, bothered me, yeah, Joe. But Pionk was trying to take his head off on that hit. That was... What are you talking about? I don't care. It's a one-goal game. He's got he's to defend the crease. So, so you're... So, you're, so <laughs> hang on a sec, Eric. He shot the puck, and then he went after him. It wasn't like a bang-bang play. Like, that puck was... Uh, he was, he was, come on. He was, he was, he was, he still was, thought he had a chance the, of getting that. The, re, puck. the recent character trajectory, what are you, Don Cherry? <laughs> and then, and then, and then, and then, and then the fault, the interview right after when he's asked about it, Marner, Mr. Smartass Marner's just like, listen, I don't, I don't Mar- care. We won the game. Yeah. Well, it that's the right thing on. to say. What are you going to say? Like, what do you, honestly, give an explanation. I, Be honest. To, to don't act like hey, a sucker. Uh, guy, don't act like to, a prima donna. The guy tried to take my head off. And you know what? If he's going to act like a prima donna, it's fine. He leaves the league in scoring. So it's okay. Well, now he's in second. But in the game, I, but hey, hey, and, and I will give you that. I think he's been the best player in the entire. I think him and Mark Stone have been the two best players in the NHL so far. Yeah, that's fine. So so but, I, uh, I, I will give him that. So to your to, to your point about like having the. Yeah, they're there now Winnipeg in terms of that center depth between uh, between Shifley, Stasny, Lowry and now Pierre-Luc Dubois. Like they're they're among the best in the division. Uh, I still don't think I, I still think like the Leafs might have a better one-two punch in Tavares and Matthews than the Jets do. But no, the Jets are seriously a dangerous team. And like, I, I, and I seriously think they'll finish in either third or second in the division. But like you said, I, I still think that in terms of like, like the most important thing in this league is to score goals. And like, they've just given that up in line. But I will say that I, I also don't know, like I'm very curious more as a word to see how he's going to fit in, in, in uh, Columbus's system because they play a very tight, defensive game and I don't know if that suits line a so like I'm more curious than anything to see how torts uses him oh couple things here first of all I'm on Joe's side with this I think Pionk was a little bit offside doing that like I told Nick I don't have any problem with what Marner did for sure yeah what he said in the interview maybe comes off a little standoffish but you know what he was it, it's well, whatever. What it? Like he was but, just but defending before, himself. Just, just interrupt you. Why? Why can't the NHL have people with personality? You know, why does it got to be like this league where everyone's got to wear a suit and tie and up there? Why? why? <laughs> like, let's just. I, that's why I love the NBA and parts of it because you know there, there's guys that have personality and, and and you know flash. Like the NHL needs that. Grow no, I, I agree. I agree. There needs to be personality, but I don't. I'm telling you right now, and I've said this before. I don't like the personalities. Uh, on this Leafs team, at least at least the the main guys, the Matthews, the Marners, and and, well, what, and what the did, Nylanders. What is, what is, what is but Matthews I do like then? the guys they've. I do like the guys they've gotten to insulate them, the the Thorntons and the Simmons, and the character they've added, even Boyd. But 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 like not the, Boyd. The, the head honchos, the faces <laughs> yeah, of the franchise. I don't approve of their character, and if I can't what, approve of their character, but what's I, wrong I don't with like Matthews? them more than I, the Jets. I, I, don't, I don't see what's wrong with Matthews' character. I don't like I don't like his attitude. He, he comes off <laughs> as like, I'm the fuck I'm the fucking shit. But he is the shit. <laughs> Not <laughs> yet. He hasn't won a playoff round. There, there's there's two players in the <laughs> in this and center depth right now that might be better than Matthews, and that's McDavid for sure, and and Crosby. Other than that, I wouldn't take anyone really. And, and McKinnon. Matthews. And McKinnon. I still think Matthews is better than McKinnon. But and, that's and my Pierre Luc Dubois and Pierre Luc oh, Dubois. Get out of here. Get out of here. Now, <laughs> now we're going too far. <laughs> I just don't think I don't think you can flex to the extent they do until they want a playoff series and they haven't. Won a I think I don't, I don't really. I think Matthews is. I don't. I don't think he flexes that much. I. I listen. I don't know. I. I like Marner 
saying that stuff after the game because you know if someone tries to take your head off, I'd say the same thing. And fuck Piak, he sucks. Yeah. Okay. You know what? You know what it is like. Just last thing on this topic is just to contrast the two characters, McDavid, who's actually won a playoff round. He'll he's everyone's looking at him like, oh, this guy wants to get out of Edmonton. He hasn't won. He's like, yeah, we haven't won anything. Like I'm getting impatient here. And Matthews is acting like he's had all this success, but really they haven't had a shred of success. Well, I think, I think, I think that's I think what Nick's talking are, about. I think you guys are reading too much into his attitude. I think he, I don't think he said. I don't. I can't. I can't find. Like if you could find me a quote from him that he it's thinks just, that he's. It's a vibe, like, no, Joe. Like the, the guy, no, no, none of those guys give a good interview. Like I, I love that means just nothing. listening to guys' interviews. I love interviews. Like ask Kyle, the World Juniors every year. I watch every interview just to see who these kids are, what kind of attitude they bring, who gets the character. It's like obsessive. ten or ten character. I don't, I don't like listening to a single Leafs interview. I don't, I don't li- like listening to any guy talk except uh, for probably Morgan guys- Riley. I think you, I, I, but see what I mean? You guys got this classic notion of the hockey player, this stiff as a board guy. That's not, Matthews no, no, not no, said, this is the problem, said, Joe. But he hasn't said anything to me. It's a vibe. Well, that's, that's pretty subjective. No, okay. Like Ma- Matthews, Matthews, Marner, Tavares, they answer every interview the same. They just give bland ass answers and they don't let any, any personality show. So you so I mean, you're, you're, you're grouping to John Tavares now in the in the same group as Matthews Marner Tavares I I think is I'm the not, least I'm person not. who give, who says that maybe I'll give you Marner uh, maybe but Matthews and Tavares I think they've been uh, I don't know I, I I don't I don't see any of that attitude from them at all. You know what? Uh, maybe maybe Nick's going off on a different tangent here, but for me the vibe I'm getting is that these guys think they're the shit, and that they would rather score points and like get ladies than than win games. That's what that's my perspective. Obviously to Well, they're 6 and 2 now, so you know, if they're doing that and and you know, I'll, yeah, I'll take it. Well, that that's just what I've and and maybe Yeah, and it's in a joke. I'm, I'm it's it's a it's, it's change, a but it's a crippled division so and, and they're going to be great. They're, they're, they're going to do great all year. They're not going to be challenged. They're going to put up points. Marner will might lead the league in scoring. And they're not going to be challenged but, until, but you, until but you they have, have to but, play. But the okay, Metro. but you but you have noticed that they're objectively better defensively this year. Yes, they're win, they're winning games that they would never have otherwise won last year. I think three of their past four games have been won by one score games, and the least never used to do that last last year. Their power play is clicking. Their penalty kill is clicking. And to be honest with you, they just look like at least every night they give an effort. Whereas Joe, last Joe. year. I was I was so happy last night when I saw that Calgary only registered one shot on goal through the first period. The the Jacques Lemarian guy and me loved that. I was yes. I, I I I was just I was enamored. The Jacques Shut Lemarian. up! <laughs> My God, <laughs> I love that shit. So so yes, this is the best Leafs team I've seen play in my history as a is a Leaf fan, basically my lifetime. Um, but this is probably what I expected given what this North division is, which is all scoring can, and, can, and little defense. Can you, can you say that you expected that though? Like uh, for example, like last year, I mean the Leafs, like they were, they were giving up like high danger chances, like crazy. And not to mention that, like just even in their own zone, they were fundamentally unsound. So I honestly, as a Leaf fan was extremely nervous coming into the season saying like, if there's a year for them to like fall asleep at the wheel, it's at this Canadian division and for them not to play good defense because the talent's not there on the other teams, but they've really buckled down. And I think, I, I think that's an incorrect character. In the I, I, of the think, I think, I, I think that, I think that all the stars this year at the least have shown up. I think they've all 
played well. And I think that I, yeah. I, I think they're handling themselves well in this division, to be honest with you. I think all You've of them had, are. Yeah. Well, I, ex- I expected it just because you <clears throat> added two defensemen who have played every night of the season and Zach Bogosian and TJ Brody. Well, and Justin Hall has turned into and, a legitimate top four yeah, option. Justin he, he's Hall, he's turned into what he's turned into what Kyle Dubas saw all those years. And sure. they, they insulated the bottom six by adding more guys, more grit, more, more personality. Yes. And, uh, and, and, and they're getting the goaltending. Uh, you saw Jack Campbell give like a heart and soul effort the other night. So all the things are clicking and Sheldon yeah. Keefe got to have an actual off season with the team, as opposed sure. to just swooping on in one evening in Arizona <laughs> and, and pulling out Babs. And, and the last 54 games played or 55 games played, I think the Leafs have just as many wins in, in the regular season as teams like Tampa and Las Vegas do are slightly below it. So Keefe has done a good job with what he's been given. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. I just, I just disagree with your characterization of Matthews and Martins. I'm very shocked at that. I, I, I think, I think Matthews actually handles himself very, very well. Like, yeah, is he quiet? Yes. Is he, is he more flamboyant in the way he conducts himself off the ice in terms of dressing? And like, you know, he goes on like the Barstool podcast. Yeah, sure. But I still think that he's, uh, you know, I, I don't think he's like some sort of asshole like Kachuk or, or, you know, like some sort of cocky prick. Like I, I, I don't see that from Matthews at all. And I, I honestly, I don't really see that from Martin either. I think you're taking the, the peonk incident out of, out of context because, <laughs> listen, honestly, I, I would trip him to if some shitty second pairing or third pairing defenseman tried to hit me after the game was going in the empty net and they played <laughs> terribly that game. Yeah, I'd tell him to go fuck himself in the post-game interview too. I like that about him. Fuck him. Um, all I'll say is that when I look at the, the, the head honchos on Winnipeg, I infinitely have more respect for their character than the right. than the head honchos on Toronto, and that being Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler, those guys show I, more character than two than two the faces of any franchise in the NHL, and that's I why disagree. I'm I'm, root, I'm no. rooting for them to win a cup. No. I agree I with di- Nick here. I got I disagree. I, agree I, I disagree, and I wish nothing for the failure about the failure. Of the <laughs> oh my god! Hey, come on, man. Shifley's the coolest guy in the no, league. No, you know what? That was wrong. I like Shifley, but uh, but you know what? I I I, I don't I don't see this uh, at all. I, every every other team. They they put up they they put up some gritty numbers and every other team is like oh look at this the grit the heart and soul and they'll lose like five to two but then when Toronto does it it's like oh look at these guys no heart they got to change the face of the franchise and everybody loves hating the Leafs that's what it is every other Canadian team loves hating the Leafs that's that's all it is it's just it's just Toronto bias that's all it is from the rest of these leagues and, and these these perceived they, Winnipeg's one fucking squad either so let's let, let's just be frank here they've won nothing too well hold on Kevin they, Sheva- they went to a they went to a Western Conference Finals, didn't Kevin they? Kevin Sheffield, okay, sure. They've won nothing. They've made it. Yeah, they've advanced playoff rounds. To me, advancing playoff rounds isn't success. It's just, it, well, it, it, it's winning, but it's not It's not organizational. You know, the, the, the goal is to win a cup, and none of these Canadian teams have. Kevin Sheffield, they have, has been the GM since, what, 2011? And Dubas oh, is on the hot seat? Are, no, are you hold fucking on, hold kidding on. me? I, 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 I think I can contextualize this, is that Winnipeg is a team where players are dying to leave the city. They, they've been burned by so many guys. Toronto is a place where guys are. Well, Tavares wants to sign, and everyone's well, asking for more money. For, if, let me re- if Winnipeg let me wins, it's, it's against all odds. That's why they're a good team to root for. Well, hang on a second. Let me recontextualize this. If you prior to the Babcock and Lou era, nobody wanted to sign in Toronto. That was like they couldn't get a big star since like Eric Lindros was the last big offseason <clears throat> signing the least made prior to like the Babs. Lou era where there was some respectability back to the franchise. So no, yes, I get the underdog story of Winnipeg being the small Canadian city or whatever, but I, I don't, I don't, I, I just, I'm just really, 
as a Leaf fan, sick and tired of like, oh, look how gritty Montreal and Calgary and fucking Winnipeg is. The Leafs start playing better defensively all of a sudden. Well, you know, uh, it's, uh, you know, their, their offense is dried up. Where's their offense? It's never, they never give them any benefit of the doubt. You know what? Maybe they shouldn't because they haven't won anything. But I think it's, I, I just think it's ridiculous that like everyone started rooting for these Winnipeg and these guys. I don't know. Bothers me. <laughs> I think people, uh, well, yeah, well, I, I didn't know we were in the Leafs segment just yet, but... No, it didn't, <laughs> but see, are, everything, yeah. everything relates back to the... Well, you know what? It, it makes sense, Kyle, just just because I, I was going to ask you guys, like the North Division, how you see it now um, amid this, this, this huge trade. Who has the best center depth? And so it sounds like Joe would, would still have the Leafs number one. Uh, would, would you have the same, Kyle? Well... Yeah, well, here's what I'll say. I, I still think the Leafs in the regular season are going to be the most productive team. Like, I could still see them finishing number one. I don't. I think they'll finish number two. But if if we're talking playoff series, like I what I saw from Dubois last year, head, going head to head versus Matthews, I'll I'll take Winnipeg's playoff depth, uh, center depth in the playoffs for sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah I, I, I I still I still think the Leafs have the best center depth in 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 the division. I I think I think. Winnipeg, no, no team in that division other than Edmonton has the franchise like superstars that Toronto has. Like what, what Edmonton and yes. Toronto have in Drysaddle and McDavid and Matthews and Tavares. The uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think I think the Leafs will probably finish one or two. They'll battle with Montreal all year. I think if I had to do a, a centers ranking in, in like center depth, and this is the whole division, I would say the Leafs. I would put Winnipeg at number two, and I'm only putting Edmonton at three because they have the best player in the world, Connor McDavid. I think he yep. makes up for so much of that team's deficiencies, and that's it. But if we're talking about the playoff center depth, I agree. I think I think guys like Pierre Luc Dubois and Shifley and and those guys are better suited to be playing quote unquote playoff hockey. But another thing we have to remember with the Leafs is that last year the Leafs shot a historic low in like mm. 1.97%. I cannot see that mm. happening again. Like, I, nice. I just simply can't. And I think that – I actually think that as a Leaf fan, this division is good for them because they're playing tight games every night and they're learning how to grind out wins. And their biggest mm. problem was that – what was the biggest saying? You can't win every game 6-5. Well, they're not winning every game 6-5 now. <clears throat> they're winning games like 3-2, 4-3, you know, and this could be good for them in the playoffs, right? So, I don't know. I, I think I think we have to look at this Leaf team differently than we have to do last year. And very, I could all be wrong. We could blow up in my face again, but – so far from what I've seen, like I think they're just a much better overall defensive team than they have been in years past. You know what? You know what I would have liked, Joe? Like if if I was to put myself in the in the seat of a Leafs fan, if if I wanted anything from Toronto from this regular season, I wish a team like New York Islanders or or even a Columbus was in this division with them. Like I want them to get reps to get practice sure. against a full-on shutdown team and figure out how to deal with that, you know? Yeah. So when they run into that in the playoffs, they they have some sort of semblance of what to do when that happens. Like, when I when you look at this North Division, it's a lot of gunners, man. It's a lot of, like, mm -hmm. just gunslingers, which which I, th I think they play well against those teams, and I think they could have a lot of success. But if they run into one of those, those grindy, like, Islanders, Trots teams... That's where I think this division could hurt them in the end. And 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 a team like Winnipeg too, sure. Or, or a team like Edmonton, like those those guys with like high-end offense and kind of silly looking defense cores. Uh, I think I'd like for them to get reps against other teams like that. 
Yeah, and I and I noticed too that a lot of the teams now, like I, I've I've watched every Leaf game this year. I've actually tried to watch most of the North Division games when I can. I've noticed that when teams like Edmonton play the Leafs, they try to do what Columbus did, which is basically just clog up the middle of the ice, right? And uh, I don't know if like the Leafs have exposed that in the last game they played, but I don't know if Edmonton has the defensive personnel for the for me to say as a Leaf fan, oh look, they're overcoming the trap, right? So you're right. Yeah. I would like to see that, but. <clears throat> The games against Winnipeg should be a good indication now that they have guys like Pierre Luc Dubois, uh, yeah. Pierre Luc Dubois on their team, should be a good indication of whether or not the Leafs can um, deal with the trap and play in a neutral ice. So it, it'll be interesting. But yeah, no, like definite, definite upgrades to Winnipeg. I just, I, I just, the only problem, I did the only point of contention I really had with this whole thing was just as Nick's characterization of Marner and Matthews. I did not, I, 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 I don't, I just don't think that's true. Joe, I, I still think they're 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 franchise superstar players, and there's only four of those players in this division. Okay, and I and I said two are on Edmonton and two are on the Leafs. That's all I'm saying. But I still, when the playoffs come around, will root more for Winnipeg because of that character reason, unless things change. I think that's a very arbitrary term. Like I just think it's a very <laughs> it is arbitrary. Like, I, I it's think it's a very it's just my opinion borderline subjective term i feel like this is something that i hear out of the mouth of like tsn like 650 in winnipeg with like <laughs> and it just it, it would just and, and there's no way to quant or someone from the toronto sun saying like oh the leafs don't play big we'll quantify that tell me what the hell that means like what <laughs> what what distinguishes mark shifley's character than matthews is it, is it the cowboy hats like what is it <laughs> it's 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 like, the I, personality I it. shows he he's a uh, he, he he has shown he's the number one f- fan in the entire NHL, that guy watches more hockey than any player in the whole show. So you're telling me if Matthew sat down on his couch after every game and watched hockey, if he like, showed, then, yeah, then if they, if they made, if they made, if if the NHL made little featurettes of Matthews doing that and expressing his opinions on stuff, I'd like that very much. But what on earth does watching hockey have to do with character? <laughs> it I just shows hockey. personality. I can still be an asshole. It just shows personality. Kyle watches hockey. He's still a schmuck. So, you know, there's, it doesn't really relate to the character. But I'm, I'm just saying, Shife, the way Shifley and Wheeler express their personality, I'm more fond of than the way Matthews and Marner express theirs. I guarantee you, if Matthews was from uh, Mark or St. Thomas or Aaron, Ontario, and he had, and he had like a, like a, a crew cut and he showed up in like a suit and tile day, you wouldn't say this. I, I'm, I'm going to bet money that's the case. And if Marner didn't look like he was 12 years old, you wouldn't say that either. It's, just a, per, it's, a, per, it's a ridiculous perception thing, and I, and I can't stand it. I cannot stand it. <laughs> okay, we're just going to have to agree to disagree. I, I really I, think I it's one so. of those subject. It really it's, is it's, one of those subjective things. And this is actually very odd because you and me really see, like me and you see eye to eye on a lot of hockey takes. Oh so, yeah, but this yeah, is like one of those me, things. Like, I'm when it comes to character, I'm just very passionate about it, and I think the Leafs. If you were to rank character in the North Division, the Leafs are a bottom half team. Yeah. Okay, I, I, I disagree. <laughs> I I disagree. I think. Uh, well, like, so, I don't know. I, I completely disagree. Like I think I think if we're ranking character, I put Calgary the Calgary Flames at the bottom because Matthew Tuchuk is a scumbag. So like, right, where's that might, in the character list? I, I might agree with like, Joe on, on the bottom there. Yeah, yeah. No, I'd agree. I'd, I'd have Winnipeg and Montreal at the top, <clears> and I would have Toronto in the in the <laughs> tier of the the bottom half. What what makes Ottawa have character? Like they they suck. They lose every. Oh, night. I, 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 I they I'm not I'm not I'm not saying they have character. I didn't say the two of them. I'm just saying Winnipeg and Montreal to me show more character than the Leafs. So see what I, so see what I, so you so the thing is I, I like what you're doing is you're relating character to style of play. 
you're relating because you are a Jacques Lemaire or oh, sorry, what's his name? You are like a, a Guy Boucher. Yeah, you are Guy Boucher one three one Barry Trotz <laughs> played defensive system. So you so you relate so you are relating character to teams that defend well. That's what you're basically doing, which is fine. And and, and, and hey, I can I, see that, hey. but that's what you're doing. That's exactly now now I figured it out. It has nothing, I guess it has nothing to do with the style. It's just if you defend well, you have good character, apparently. Okay. Well, well, the leaf, sh- the leaf showed me some some defending well yesterday, and, and I'm still not necessarily equating character with them. Yeah, I, I figured I, it out, Joe. I, I I know what's going on here. Nick's oh, re- Nick's using the word good character when he should be using the, the terms as in people I like to follow, people I'm interested in. You know, ah, like that's okay. what he's doing here. Like, like there's more interesting characters on, on Montreal for like Drewan is an, is an enigma. Like Mark Seifley is an enigma. He's, he's a yes. cool, funny, quirky character. You know, I think that's what okay. Nick's getting at here. I think that's okay. what he's getting at. Okay. If that's the case, then I completely agree with you. Yes. There, there's some interviews that Matthews gives where it feels like I'm watching paint dry, but I don't give a fuck if he's scoring 30 goals a year. And by the way, uh, he also had in the playoffs last year, I just have the stats here with, uh, with with Dubois guarding him, he had six points in five games. So that's not bad. Not bad. Can't complain. Not bad. Can't, complain. Can't complain. He okay, did. He so, did well. No, I remember he Matthews really showed up that that he series. Did. I remember and, and, that. And, and, and we talked about the last show. Like the guys that didn't show up were Marner and uh, and and Nylander and Kapanen. But Kapanen, lo and behold, left. I think those. I think those guys, like Kapanen and Janssen, those guys had serious. Like if you want to talk about poor character. Because Barry Kapanen was someone who had poor character. That guy, because it's not even just that he did. He like he would just skate around there and do absolutely nothing. Like that. Yes, that's okay. Sure, that I agree with you. But Matthews and Marner, I, I don't know. Marner's a good. Eh, Marner's a good Canadian boy. Why don't you like him? He's from Thornhill. Would make Don Cherry proud. <laughs> so, uh, Kyle, can you explain what Jake Muzzin did at the end of the game last night to uh, <laughs> young Matthew Kachuk? Yeah, I'll I'll give my best rendition here. So obviously Kachuk had that little run in with uh, with the goalie, with Jack Campbell, and then what Muzzin did, I think at the end of the horn, he kind of flicked the puck at Kachuk, and then I saw a really great uh, analysis of the video where Kachuk a tried to catch it, failed; b tried to fling it back at him, failed; and then c went and attacked him. That was his last uh, his last ditch effort to get back. Oh, but no, but he did he did have a big fight that night with the water bottle holder on the bench. So that's <laughs> the one that's the one victory Calgary had last night. Is 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 Matthew Kachuk a biggest what asshole? I'd say yes. Like this yeah, if guy, that's the case, yes. I honestly hate having him on my fantasy team because I too hate Matthew Kachuk for that that, that series he played against Colorado a couple of years back. Mm-hmm. He's a he's literally he's actually he he almost should be in prison for some some of the things he does. You, you know what he is? He's like a big like accidental on purpose guy, you know? Like yeah. for example, like I, I don't know if like I, I'm not prepared to say that like the Jack Campbell incident the night before where he dropped his knee on his neck, he was intending to injure him, <clears throat> but he didn't get off. Like it seemed that like he knew exactly what he was doing. And that's that was a bit bush league to me. Joe, um, Joe, I, I I think he was. I think everything he does is intentional. But you're right; he hides it well. I think that was intentional. To- he loves to toe the line. He toes the line between like a dirty play and like, oh, I'm just going for the puck. He lo- he's masterfully walks that line, and the league yeah. knows he walks that line. You know, and he's yeah. not like, and he's not like a Brandon Gallagher, who Gallagher is a pest, 
But Gallagher doesn't do things on the ice where I'm like, okay, this guy's like intending to hurt people. To no. Chuck, to Chuck, to me, reminds me more of like a Brad Marchand where mm. he Marchand does things on the ice too that you're like, okay, that's an intent to injure. He's, he's more than just a pest. And he's one of those guys where he's like maybe the only guy in the league for me where I don't think he cares at all if he seriously hurts someone. I agree. Like he, I, I he agree just has you. that lack of just total total lack of empathy in every sense. Like I think his mm-hmm. brother Brady is like a lot better in this sense. But Brady, like Brady plays pass. the line yes. too. Yeah, but he's like like I've seen Matthew do things where I'm just like I am so disgusted at this player. Like he tra- when he was in when he was playing Colorado, he was in a scrum with Landeskog. He tried to gouge his eyes out with his yeah, fingers. Yeah, no, he's 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 yeah, he's an asshole. And, I and was it's, like. It's, Oh my God! I, I I was just gonna ask if he's the biggest sore loser in the NHL. Yes. Oh, that's one weird. of them. that's where do you get off to, Nick? Holy well, I, I I just saw I just saw that reaction with the water bottles last night, and I like walking off the ice, just punching like the whole water thing, and I was just like, what a, what a what a sore loser. Yeah, seriously, I, mean, I got yeah. This guy's just—he's just an—he's un, an unprofessional guy. He's like full of like this this animosity, this pride. It's like a, it's like a very in like dark pride. Where he just—he likes to be like the guy who's on the upper end of these like kind of like immature bouts, you know. And if he's not, then he's going to be all pissy, you know. With with that yeah. said, I'd still love to have him on my team because I I do think he is maybe the best chirper in the entire NHL. And as Kyle knows in our history of three on three, mm-hmm. if you hear the chirps, it really affects your game. So I, I, I think that I will take him on my team many day, but I still stand by everything I've said. Yeah. But what no. Muzzin did last night was great. Like it was like, we beat you. And then he harmlessly like flipped the puck over to him and he lost his mind. Like that's like the best clowning you can do to someone. Like I thought that was great. I like that more than if like Simmons would have like fought him. No, I, I agree simply because you you can imagine what Matthew Kachuk would have been saying to the Leafs all game and then they beat him and then they kind of give that last jab. Like it's almost like don't don't fuck with this team kind of kind of deal. Like we all we all saw the Cassian thing. We saw Cassian kind of got the upper hand at the end of the day, uh, yes. so to speak. But like it's you need to fight back on these kinds of guys. Like you can't just let them walk on you. And, and I think mm-hmm. like, thank goodness so they did something about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. No. And and even the other night when he put his his knee on Campbell, like Bogosian, like promptly shoved him off, which is like you know something I've been waiting for from the leaps for like three years. Like yes, like I want yeah. some guys to do that. So good on good on Zach Bogosian. And you know what, Nick, I, I I don't want this guy on my team because like I know what he's all about, and and we're talking about character. I I don't think I want to win with a guy like this. Like it just doesn't seem as pure. You know, I, I don't want to win with this kind of an- these kind of antics. I want to win the, the, the right way, you know? Fair. Um, before we move on uh, with this Leaf segment here, I sent you guys each the uh, Mike Babcock explanation or the apology, so to speak. Uh, he made his debut with NBC. They dedicated a whole segment just to him getting to explain himself. Um, Joe, I want to know what was your instinctual reaction when you saw that clip? Uh, you know what? Honestly, like I laughed at the start when you were talking about like fucking skiing and shit. Like I was just like, that's the most like Babs thing ever. 
Uh, I don't know. Like, I think he's just like, listen, it's, it's not just the Marner incident, like the Marner incident, like even if it, if it went down the way Babcock said, like, okay, sure. Like I I can, I can grant him that. But the reason, like, the reason why, like, I don't like Babcock is because like, he always thinks that like, like I'm right. And like, my way is the best way possible. And and that that part at the end, that bullshit part at the end where he's like, oh, you know, I like to uh, try new things every single year. I'm like, no, you don't. Because when you were on the Leafs and you were coaching the Leafs, you played did the same thing in every playoff round you coached. You 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 played the shit out of your third and fourth line, and uh, th- th- just happens to be the third best center in the league on your team, and you don't play him. So no, I, I think he was very in, uh, disingenuous, and you know he's he's just doing it because he's he, he's on air, and like forget about that. Like I mean, like even like all the stuff he did with Madano and the scratch and the Spezza and the Johan Franzen incidents. Like he's just a he's just a hypocrite, and especially because he. Um, he, I don't doubt his commitment to mental health. I think he, that's good that he does that. But do I think that, like, do I think it's a bit hypocritical that these players come out and speak to him like this and he's still an advocate for mental health? Absolutely. Like, I think that's kind of Bush League. Yeah, I, I think this this whole NBC shtick is just a big tactic to get him back yes. into the league. I, I think that whole segment there was probably pre-recorded. He probably designed the questions that they would ask him. They probably briefed him religiously about what was going to happen. And they did a little segment before the game. They cut it. They edited it to whatever extent they wanted to. And that's what they aired. I think that was written in their contract. And I think this is all a little plan devised by him to get back into the league as soon as possible. That's what I think. Yeah. You know, you're 100% right. And I I don't think that's that's far-fetched. And I don't think it's going to work. Because I, I I. I, I think A... The the attitude and all the mental health stuff you mentioned that has blackballed him. I mean, just 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 hearing him try to explain that Marner situation just made no sense at all. Like like, yeah, he's owning up to it. That's all he's doing there. But him him describing the tactic he was trying to employ yeah. made no yeah. sense. Like his explanation yeah. was basically mm. Ian Lou wanted to bring out the best in those guys. That was his explanation. Like that's as not if that's even... the only as if that's the only way to bring out the best in your players by having them yeah. slander other players. Like, where where where, did, where does that mm-hmm. tactic come from? Yeah. So so technically, I, I I think people will see this and they will go, okay, no, I don't want this guy, you know, indoctrinating this culture with my organization. <clears throat> and B, let's obviously not forget when it just comes to being a coach, this guy of, of late has been ridden with failure, eight eight playoff round losses of his last nine. And, 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 and the one time he did win in Detroit, he arguably should have won even more because that was a dynasty. So yes. that just performance related and now all this cultural and this, in this, uh, in this uh, like mental health related issue, I, I, I think he will not coach it in, in the league again. I think oh, the only team you well, no, yeah. Yeah. So that, that was going to be like my next question. I was going to put to you guys, like, do you think he'll coach again? Like, if I had to say, like, I was actually having this conversation today with somebody else, and uh, I think that the only way uh, that he'll coach, like, the only team he could possibly coach is that, like, it's like a veteran team. Like, I don't think any team that's a young team would ever want this guy for player development ever again. Like, I don't think you can put him in a locker room with a team that's rebuilding and has talent. I think the only way you could have him is like a veteran team that can win. They just need like a little push over the edge, like some discipline maybe, but I don't think that like any young team would ever want to trust him again with their young stars. I mean, theoretically, I mean like basically like he wasted three years of two of the best players in the league with Austin Madison, Mitch Marner in the playoffs. And I'm not saying that all on Babcock, 
but some of the coaching decisions he made in back-to-back game sevens against the same opponent, like that, that's like unforgivable. Yeah, I, just uh, quickly on that, I, d- I don't think there's any question he'll be a coach in this league once again. Well, that's a I hot think take. Joe is probably onto something. It's probably going to be with a more veteran win now team, but you have to consider how much this guy is respected by like these old school, like big wigs in, in, in this sport. Like a lot of people have trusted him. Like Brendan Shanahan brought him on specifically hockey. Canada brass has always brought him on specifically. This guy's name still rings bells and in these veteran NHL executives minds. And I think that will play a lot into, Hey, we have a struggling franchise. We have, you know, we've got a lot of veteran guys. Like I, I think people are going to want to bring this guy in, give him a shot. I think it's a, it's a no brainer for some teams. So I I definitely see this happening again. Yeah. Why why would you give another shot to a guy who's been paid the most money out of any coach in NHL history to lose eight of nine of your last playoff rounds? What, what faith does that give you in that man? Well, uh, I don't know, Nick, uh, He's just—he's a, a well-respected coach. He's had success. Like, is he well-respected? I'm not sure. Respect is a word I'd be throwing around. See, I don't know. It, I, ask, ask Darren Dreger. I, like, he had a radio hit, and he named off about four legendary hockey names who very, very, very much respect this guy. That's where I'm, I'm sure. This, I'm sure you can answer. name many more that don't respect him after the events that have fallen the past ten months. Well, ten months. Forget it. Ten months. Forget about ten months. Yeah, exactly. whole coaching ten career. years. His whole coaching career. Yes, sir. Like, think about it. Like, just think about, like, just take, like, just take the Mike Medano incident where you scratched him. Like, that is that not alone? Just like, why the fuck would I ever want this guy in my organization again? And it's all good and well when you're winning. But now you have, like, again, like Nick said, what was it, eight of nine playoff appearances? He hasn't made it out of the, the yeah. first round. Yeah. Is that correct? Why yeah. the hell would you ever take a chance on someone like that? Like, I just, oh, well, it then, just, w- then why did, why did Shanahan and, and those guys bring him in? They, they knew about the Mike Medano thing. They knew about everything. They knew about all the Detroit, like, like lack of success they knew, but why did they have this guy at the forefront of the biggest NHL franchise in the entire NHL? Because in the NHL, as soon as you get that Stanley Cup on your resume, uh, people will overlook whatever character flaws you have, and that's a problem. And that actually goes for all sports, but especially in the NHL. Always won a cup, always won a cup. Tortorella, always won a cup. He just made, he just chased one of his biggest stars out of town, but he's won a cup, we'll keep him on. It's it's the it's the the silverware that keeps them on, and I think that hides some of the flaws that that Babcock has, and they, and then they definitely knew about it too. Like obviously they did, and I agree with you. Well then, well then wouldn't wouldn't you say someone's willing to do that again? I I I just don't know if it's like if like the uh, the media perception of him now versus when he was hired from Toronto. I think it's very much different now. Like it's more out in the open than it ever was, and that's simply because of the fact that he got chased out of Toronto. Like I think, I think the the media hostility and the and the hostility towards him from players and media and hockey personnel alike is way more now than it was ever was when he got hired by the Leafs. I think that's distinguishing. Let me just uh, conclude this segment with this uh, this thought, Kyle. Pierre Maguire has better odds of becoming the next GM of the Pittsburgh Penguins than Mike Babcock has <laughs> becoming a coach in the NHL. That is such baloney, <laughs> that, that, my that, friend. That, 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 that is might baloney. be too much, but uh, 
Fumigard, with, the, with the news today, with the news today, I wouldn't write it. I would not write what that news? off. What news? Oh, Jim. Yeah, you got fired. Jim Rutherford oh, stepping down. On. Resigned. You resigned. Yeah. Come on. That's you're a load of shit. There's, there's an no open way, vacancy. And if there's one vacant. No, if way. there's one vacancy he's going to get, it's Pittsburgh, baby. No way. I him and, him and Mario. Whole... Ma- Mario owns the team and him and Mario are best friends. Every earthly possession I have, I will stake on that that bet if you want Listen, to. Listen, the Arizona rumors, they didn't make sense. You know, I couldn't see Pierre and his his little bald head surviving in a hot climate <clears> like that. But I think Pittsburgh, I see the fit. Well, let, let me let me say one more thing. Let me, let me ask you guys one more question. Can we completely discount 2010, 2014, and 2016 Team Canada teams? Can we discount those? Is it just tournament mm. stuff? Like those are three dominant ass teams with very, very, very little weaknesses in system or management or whatever you want to say. Can we I just throw Nick, that away? I think Nick could have coached those teams and they would have won. Come hey. on. Come on. That's not fair. That is not fair. No, they I were good yes. teams. I, they were good yes, teams, but yes, they're talented sure. teams. They, they've got great managers designing those teams. He had great assistant coaches on his staff. I think he's far from the reason. They I think, I think, I, I think, I think, yeah, if you're going to put it to what made team Canada win, I don't think you can, you, you, I think you have to give Babcock like the smallest amount of credit possible. It's not like he didn't assemble the team. I'm, I'm, I, you know, he, yeah, he's behind the bench, but do you really have to do that much coaching when you have like Crosby and, and, and Ginla and their primes and the Niedermeyer? Like, I don't know. It just, I don't know. He, if- he was chosen three times, three separate times. He was chosen out of anybody. He was chosen three times. Doesn't that say something? I don't know. It, it, does, it, it at least says that he's respected as a coach. And I think he still is. Like, I think this was whole respected. Toronto thing. I don't think he still is. I, I think you're, you guys are making too big of this whole Toronto thing because it's Toronto media puffing it up. I, I think this would have evaporated in, in a city like Columbus. Evaporated and not been a thing at all. Well, like, like the, like this, it goes for the Dubois deal and the line a deal. Uh, only time will tell. So I, I think we've all stated our opinions and, uh, Again, we're we're split here. It's been a very divisive episode so far. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a very <laughs> um, heated debate. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's but very... but but time will eventually tell who was right. Yeah. Um, we will move. We will have to move on. Uh, and I'm gonna take us to uh, the rookie segment. Mm. Uh, Kyle, there's a lot of rookies here. I want to cover. <clears throat> we're two weeks into the season. There's been a lot to observe. Uh, I have five names written on here. Can I guess? You, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Laugh, Ty Smith, Krill Dylan Cousins, Kaprizov, and Toss, uh, Tim Stutzel or Keandre Miller. Wow. Okay. So I did not have those last two, and I did not have Ty Smith. Oh, well, but you I did, should. But I did have Bowen Byram. <clears throat> Why okay. isn't Ty Smith on your list? That's the question. And and I did have Connor McMichael, who made his debut the other night. No, really? Did he? Yes. Oh, wow. So I, I had huh. McMichael, Cousins, Byram, Kaprasov, and Laugh. But if you wow. want to elaborate on those other few, the, uh, yeah. the, the Smith, the Miller, I'd love to talk about Miller. And uh, who was the other one you mentioned? Stutzel. And Stutzel. Okay, so so where do you want to start here? You want to start with the big boy, or do you want to work our way up? 
let's work our way up. I'm not ready okay. for that. Yeah, I'm not either. <laughs> I got to get this beer in me first. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus okay. Christ. Uh, so, um, hey, I'll, I'll open the floor to Joe, actually. Of all those rookies you mentioned, is there one in particular that you want to give a shout out to? Because I know you're, you may not be as well versed on the rookie class, you know, but but you might have a name or two you want to shout out here. Yeah, Adam Brooks. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, I, I, uh, <laughs> Such I, I a pure-hearted guy. Yeah, no, I think... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Capper's off has been awesome. Like I, I, you know what? Like I've never tuned into like a Minnesota Wild game before in my life. But like the one game I did, it was the uh, it was the first game of the season. Was it the first game where they where he won it in overtime? Uh, anyways, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, no, he's yeah. a he's a very exciting player. Like I, I, I think it, I think it's awesome. Also, Ty Smith, solid defenseman. He's already got six points. It's not bad on a New Jersey team that I didn't think was going to be that good. Although they're pretty feisty, the Devils team. They're kind of a pesky team. And another person I wanted to mention, I think Dylan Cousins is good. I, I think he's going to be good on Buffalo. Yeah. I think he's, he's, a good, he's a good little player, yeah. Uh, the one thing that I actually – I agree with you, Kyle, and uh, I saw your tweet. I'm, sure, I'm assuming it was you that's tweeting from the Ring Moose account uh, that talked about Lafreniere. Um, and you're right. He's actually more of a project than I thought he was going to be. Like, you're 100% right. Like, watching him play, like, I agree with you. Like, I don't think he's – I thought he was going to be more dominant than he has been, and I've watched a couple of Rangers mm-hmm. games, the, specifically the last two against the Penguins, and I, I, didn't, I don't think he's uh, as dominant as I thought he was going to be. And so I could completely agree with you on that. Oh, I'll stop uh, Joe. you right there, yeah, Joe. Exactly. We gotta, we're not ready yet, Joe. Hold your horses there, Joe. We've got a whole. I got a whole page on this. <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't know. I just uh, you could have told me. I but but no. But I I agree. Hey, I agree with your Dylan Cousins. <clears throat> I I think I, I watched the Buffalo game last night against the Rangers. That was my first Buffalo oh, game you, I watched. You, you poor and- soul. <laughs> oh, just wait. Just wait till you hear about my poor soul with these games I've been watching. But, but this. <laughs> yeah. this this, this cousin kid, I mean, I, I love him. I, I think he's like a quiet assassin. Like the guy, the guy's just a, the, he's great, but you don't really notice him. He doesn't really stick out. Like he, mm-hmm. he doesn't, he doesn't, he's not like Stutzel where he, he comes, you know, skating up the ice with his head up with the stick and he's ready to make a play. He's a kind of guy who's just situationally aware, finds his pockets in the ice. You saw that with the goal last night, a power play where he's right in the middle uh, right in that slot, they give him it. You know, he blasts a one-timer past Georgiev. It, it was a great shot. He just knows where to be. He has the hockey IQ to compete in the NHL right now, and they're giving him ample opportunity to, to play on that second power play, and they've even put him into the top six at certain points. So in his attitude, he just looks like he's having fun. He's smiling all over the ice. He's been... He's yeah, he's he's probably in my top three. If I, if I had to rank three rookies so far, it would be him... <clears throat> Uh, Keandre Miller and in, in, in Kapriel Kaprasov. And then, uh, yeah, with respect to Miller, I think he's been fantastic. I, I just love his poise. He, he reminds me a lot. You know, he's just a big defenseman who moves the puck really well. Um, he, he has a very calm demeanor, like a Seth Jones kind of demeanor. Uh, I, I, I just, I, I think he's a star in the making. And, and it's only a matter of time. Good on New York trading up in that draft. I, I think it was two mm-hmm. or three years ago. They traded up like two or three picks and they got the guy they wanted. And it, it's really paying off. And then uh, mm-hmm. I can't really talk about Ty Smith very much. I have not watched many Devils games. I just see the numbers. So uh, that's all I got on those three. What do you, what do you say, Kyle? Uh, Dylan Cousins, great point. The, the main thing with him, always got a smile on his face. Like you said, yeah. like, even when he has a shot, even when things like don't go right for him, he's, he's always smiling. Like, yep. this is what I wanted out of laugh, you know, like this, like happy, like I'm, I'm happy to be here and I'm putting in the work. Um, one thing I want to say about him, physical tools. 
He's got the size. He's got the speed. He looks like he's got the shot to, to be this, uh, to be a great player, to be a very good top six player. And then once he figures out, you know, little nuances about the timing in the game, I think he's going to be a force. Kaprizov, I'm going to discon like totally um, not even consider as a rookie because boys, think about this. Kaprizov was drafted in the McDavid draft. He was drafted in the Marner draft. Barzell, like this guy's old mm. as fuck. This guy has just been marinating in the KHL. And uh, when you consider that, I don't think like yeah, great player for sure. I so don't like a consider Panarin, he's like a, a Panarin rookie. type. He's like a Panarin type player. When he came Pers- in, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So and everyone had that debate him versus McDavid for the Calder. I don't think these guys should be considered at that age. But uh, I digress on that one. Um, one more thing on Ty Smith. Just uh, this guy's been like flying under the radar, just hiding behind guys like uh, Evan Bouchard in his draft year, and then he's hiding behind guys like Bo Byram and Kale McCarr, these kinds of guys. But he he's very talented. He's always had the numbers to compete, uh, and he's got you know he's a point per game defenseman. If he's not fully cemented on that top power play right now, then he will be very shortly. This guy's got a ton of talent. We saw him in the World Juniors. Um, I was going to pick him up in fantasy, but there's simply no room on my team. So if uh, someone listening out there wants to do that, I think the good chance he puts up decent numbers right now. Um, one thing on Tim Stutzel, I know, Joe, you had him, didn't you? You had him on fantasy recently dropped. Yeah, I dropped him. Too many minuses for me. <clears throat> yeah, so really great first goal. Really, uh, like you can tell the skill is, is right there, but mm-hmm. uh, he's going to be a ton of minuses. And uh, I think the quote from Yahoo Fantasy was, Stutzel has nightmare of a game on Monday. <laughs> it's like they got lit up for like a minus four. So, yeah, hey, there's, there's going to be growing pains, right? Like, it's not just a laugh thing. Like, there's growing pains. These guys didn't get a training camp and all that kind of thing. We'll get into that later. But he looks good. I, I like him. He's going to be just fine. Um, skills there. But as Joe said, maybe not the year, right? That, well, that's the thing. Like now, and this goes for all sports. And uh, as a Dolphins fan, I'm experiencing that now in Miami. Like when rookies come into the league now, we expect them to be great already. And if they're not great, then all the, the hype starts talking about, you know, oh, are they really that good? You know, did they make a mistake drafting them? And I don't think they did. I think Stutzel's a great player. But, uh, you know, very few players in this league are going to come onto the scene and be as dominant as a Matthews or a McDavid is in their rookie year, right? So you, you just have to give it time, right? But from what I've said, I watched Ottawa twice against uh, the Leafs and I watched them the other night against Vancouver. I, I think Stutzel, is a, is a, he's, he's got the skill. He's got the hockey IQ. He's just got to work on it. And then from a fantasy perspective, I, unless it's a keeper league, I, it, well, our league is a keeper league, but I still can't deal with the minuses. Yeah, yeah. A, a two-man keeper league is not not appropriate no, for that kind no. of player. Right? Yeah, no. Yeah, I, I still think the Stutzel opinion warrants a little more, uh, you know, it warrants a little more uh, uh, road here just because I, I, I think he obviously had that injury. He just came back the other night. I think we need to give it some time before we can give kind of a, a full brief picture review on that. And then yeah. as far as McMichael, I know he made his debut. I, did, I didn't really catch much of that game. I was hoping Josh could elaborate on that because Josh is a big <laughs> McMichael fan, as we know, Kyle. Yeah. Um, so why don't you just get, why don't you give your review on Bowen Byram and then right. we will move on to the main event. Right. Bowen Byram, man, he's just looked better and better as, as the games have gone on. Like I was surprised 
uh, on how poised he looked. I think um, last game he had 21 minutes of ice time. And I think he even got a little bit of power play time in there as well. Um, honestly, like he, to me, he's a top four defenseman already. Like there's no question that he belongs on the second pairing there. He's actually looking very solid defensively. I, I was very surprised at that. His outlet passes are, are awesome. You saw his first assist there, which was a beautiful cross ice pass. Forget who it was to, but it was, uh, it was really great to see. This guy looks calm. Like it, it's really interesting. He's grown a lot in the last year. Uh, he looks very calm, very poised, and uh, expect him to start pushing the envelope. Like I don't think you can take this guy out of the lineup right now, the way he's playing. Like just very solid. Um, where Kale McCarr is like that pure offense. Like I think Bowen Byram has shown he can he can be a little bit more stabilizing the defensive zone. Sometimes Kale McCarr can get a little lost from what I see, but uh, this guy's got it all, man. I'm I'm super super pleased with, with what I've seen. The rich get richer in Colorado with defensemen, eh? Oh my god, amazing, ridiculous, amazing. Ridiculous. Nick, what do you think? I uh, no, I I when I handed it off to you for Byram, I, I ran out of the room to uh, to take a leak. And that's when I disconnected. Yeah, so I, I gave my Byram, and I just wanted to get uh, if you've got an opinion on how he's been so far. I haven't seen much of him, to be honest. Um, but I've I've saw seen his numbers. His ice time's only been going up, uh, which is a great sign. And from and he got an assist the other night. He's been generating shots on goal. He has yet to crack the power play, so I guess it's only a matter of time there. And then speaking of matter of time. It sounds like he's gonna be he's gonna stick around, which which is a pleasant surprise. Like I don't know if you've heard otherwise, but mm. with with the trading of Ian Cole to Minnesota, <clears throat> I think that yeah. was all designed just to get him in there. And I at this point, I think they they've liked enough of what they've seen, and they they know how dejecting it would be for him to be play another year in the WHL. I just think they have no choice at this point but to keep him around. Well, yeah, it's a shame you didn't hear my uh, my analysis there. You asked me the question and, and then leave. That's that's very nice of you. But there's no way this to. guy's going anywhere, Nick. Uh, like, if you see him play, like, he looks like he's a legitimate, ready-for-top-four kind of defensive minutes. Like, he actually looks more stabilizing the defensive end than, than Kale McCarr does. And then you've wow. got, like, the outlet passes. Like, he just looks calm. He looks ready. He's not going anywhere. I He might not even get any more scratches this year like there's no way you can take him out wow now. so you he must looks feel good terrible like, that you, you didn't pick him up you must feel terrible no i'm not saying he's gonna put up numbers i'm just saying he looks he fits right in and if he gets a spot on the power play it'll be power play two and then you know it's not oh, gonna yeah. be like lucrative defensive numbers it's just this guy's ready that's what i'm that's i think i think it's only it's only a matter of time like i said right now their their blue line on the second power play is devon taves and, and gerard i think it's only a matter of time before he replaces uh devon taves on the power play there agreed that would agreed. that would he, be he my so prediction good. yeah, yeah so yes, colorado is so good on, on like the power play that they're one of the only teams like that fucking has on one of their power play units like two defensemen at the blue line which is very rare these days so like that's like, that's awesome yeah it's good for them yeah it's, it's I, incredible they've, they're the one team to, to have scored I believe, more power because I, I, I believe in the first unit mckinnon still plays the point with uh with with mccarr but yeah. i know on the second unit if it's Taze and, and gerard then that's two defensemen which is incredible and if byron mm. can play that role like that's 
Yeah. They're the one team in the league who scored more power play goals than the Leafs. Yeah. Interesting. One, two, respectively, mm-hmm. those two teams. Oh God, right. I would love a playoff. Um, I would love I would love a playoff matchup. I know the Leafs would get smacked, but just to oh. see that offensive talent would be great. Good for the league. That'd be good for the league. Oh, great for the league. <laughs> well, listen, no one wants to see Dallas and Tampa Bay again. Let's be real. No. No way. No one wants that. I was so that. disappointed, man. The only thing that could have been worse was an Islanders-Tampa-Dallas uh, final. That would have been yeah. by far the worst. Agreed. But Batman would have like actually changed some rules around if that were the yeah, case. Yeah, he would have eliminated one of the teams. They would have found like steroids in one of their lockers. It would have been like dodgeball the movie, and they would say, okay, you guys are disqualified, and yeah. bring back Crosby. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Nick, you want to do this? I'm ready. Oh God! I'm, I'm so excited. Back. I gotta go <laughs> on video shit. for this one. I'm so excited. I even, got a, I even cracked a, a rare beer for this one. Whoa, 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 whoa! Hey, is that a sign of uh, of sadness, Nick? Do we need to call you? Do we no. need to like <laughs> no, show up no, at your no. door? No, not yet. Not <laughs> I'm gonna yet. send you a care package. That's what I'm gonna do. Mm. That would be nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So, just so it's on the record, so everyone knows. I spent a sixth round pick, fifty uh, second overall, to draft Alexi Lafreniere. That was you. Most, my most anticipated rookie prospect in my history of watching the NHL. I had to get my hands on him before Kyle. I did just one round early before Kyle was going to get him. I was going to uh, go seven. Does, yep. Does, yep. And. I watched his debut with Kyle with, with much anticipation. I have watched this team more than any other team so far this season. And that speaks volumes because I usually watch all the Leaf games, all the St. Louis games, Vegas. Those are my teams. But this team has gotten the most attention. Six games so far. Yeah. And it has probably been the most painful six games of my life. Uh, having to watch a have it, I cannot explain further how painful it is to watch a game when all you care about is just one player because you're only getting 25% of the action. If the player is on a bottom six, he's not getting much action of those lines, he's not getting much ice time. You're having to constantly be on social media checking line combos and, and all the details. It's a, it's a pain in the ass. It's been extremely infuriating. That's point number one. When it comes to the player himself, I mean, yeah, it goes without saying. He's been, he, he has been a disappointment. Uh, he Basically, the best way I'd sum it up in the most succinct, brief way I can, as any good lawyer would, as Joe knows, is he... what do I know about being a good lawyer? I'm kidding. <laughs> Continue. He looks like a guy who still thinks he's in the queue where when he has the puck, all things slow down for him. He's in the fucking <clears throat> matrix and he can just dazzle and razzle and make whatever fucking play he needs to make. That's what it looks like. That's like what that's what he <clears throat> thinks he's in. And then he wakes up mid-play and realizes he's got a guy coming for him. And then he gets laid on his ass. So I would that would be my number one observation. This is a guy whose strength is smarts and hockey sense and passing. And we've seen you know glimpses of that. You know he was on the six and five at the at the end of the game last night. He had some great plays. He's had some great chemistry at times with with some of the big boys. 
like great little plays you'll see like, oh my God, yes, I can see it. But most of the time, he looks like a guy who's not delivering in that respect. And I think as, as Joe said, it, it's a project. It's going to take some time. At this point, I'm not hoping for any numbers anytime soon. All I'm crossing my fingers for is like the last 10 games of this season. He, put, he, he has like eight points in his last 10 games, or he goes, he has a point per game in the last 10 games of the season. And it shows me enough to keep him. And that that's my best case scenario. I don't really care what he does these next few games. I know at some point he will deliver. He like enough scouts have scouted him. They've spent enough tireless nights in these cold Quebec arenas to talk about how good he is. They're not going to be that wrong. This isn't going to be Capococco from last year. It's not going to be Jack Hughes. He will get it together. You just have to be patient. And I, I, I will be patient. I will not be dropping this player. And I will wait till the end of the year to make that decision if I think he, he has redeemed himself to the extent to keep him. But so far, those are, that would be my salient point. He's a guy whose strengths, being hockey sense and skill and passing, ha- just haven't shown yet. And, and, and that's a problem. He's not like Byfield, where his size is just contagious. Like It just shows itself. You don't even need to watch a whole game. You just see it from the get-go. Or Stutzel with his speed. These guys each have their own distinct skill that just, that just lights up on your TV screen when you turn on the game. This guy, he's a little different. His strengths are a little more nuanced. And you really got to watch a little longer to see. I still think he will be in a, he will be a star. He has done too well at the international stages of hockey to, to be shit. And we've seen that with Jack Hughes. He had, he had a terrible, he had a terrible, terrible rookie year last year. And he's been lighting up the lamp. And I, and I, I, I wish I was Michael Robson and I picked him up before, before, uh, like before anyone else. But I, I think you just got to be patient with this kid. He's the kind of guy. He's a project, uh, as Joe said, and uh, and and that's that's where I stand so far. And and I hope by game fifty six, he's putting up you know two or three points in a game. He's smiling with the lads, and uh, and and that's what I'm hoping for. So there you go, Kyle. I'll pass Nick, the I think you, to you. Nick, I think you care too much about fantasy production for you to keep him if he's not producing. My hot take is he'll <laughs> drop him in a couple of weeks. Kyle, Kyle no, no, <laughs> Joe, Joe. As I told Kyle and Michael, he's the face of my team. Like (laughs) as as much as he is not produced on a fantasy level, the energy he brings to the dressing room every night, like this this guy is his rallying the troops every night, and it's leading me to being second place so far. So so the intangibles, the intangibles he's bringing, his character is fantastic. He's he's still very positive in the room. He's great in the room. I can't afford to drop him. He, he's bringing everyone's spirits up every night. I love it. I said, Joe, Joe, if I traded him or dropped him, the fans would come after me. I'd be fired. Oh, my team would be no more. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't Kyle, know. If, uh, you, if you need a tissue or something, let me know, buddy. Okay, let it, let it out. I, uh, this, so I, I'm just going to try to be as distinctly honest as possible. I think uh, of any player in this league, of any prospect we've seen in the last decade, the word enigma would, would most relate to this player. And uh, for those who don't know, I've been following this guy's career for the last three years. On the very first couple episodes of Rink, the Rink Moose Ho- Hockey Podcast, we had a Lafreniere tracker from like day one. This guy was always on our radar. The thing about him is he can go from looking like a total goof, like a total idiot, 
like a guy who can barely skate to someone who dominates play and makes plays that you just, you have no idea where he thought of that. Um, I've been extremely disappointed with the start that we've had, that this player's had. Like Nick, probably I've watched 96% of every Rangers game. They've been my most watched team as well. It's enough to make me sad every time I turn on the TV. I'll give you the bad. Th- this is what I'm seeing that I simply, I simply cannot stand. First and foremost is his skating. He's got a lot of work to do in this department. I knew his skating was kind of awkward. His, his balance seems a little bit odd. His top speed has never been you know, elite, but we, all, we were always told it was above average, his skating. It needs work. His lateral movement needs work. He, he's not getting to the, to the zones he needs to get to. You notice right away in the defensive end when he's covering his, his defenseman at the point. He's not getting there. His decision-making, surprisingly enough, from a guy who's got near-generational hockey sense, as some pundits would, would assume, has been, like Nick said, uh, QMJHL level. Like I think he's, he's, he's in a calibration mode right now. He thinks he's got more time than he does. And, uh, and it's just not there. Like Guys are closing in on him faster than he ever thought possible. I'm going to come back to this point in a second because I think there's reasons w- behind this. And I think there's reasons where like methods in which he can improve. Big thing for me, his lack of physical play. Pierre touched on this. Why did, we, why did this guy get so much hype is because he's an all-world talent who also lays body, who also plays physical, who's also this grinder type of player. This is what we saw in the World Juniors. We, we saw that highlight of him laying the guy out and then setting up his man like, oh, holy shit, total package. His physical play has been non-existent at this level. Not only is he not laying the body, but he's not winning puck battles. And there's no reason for it because the guy weighs nearly 200 pounds. Is it all like 200 pounds of, of fluff? I'm not sure. This is, a, this is a problem for me as well. Top that off with, you know, if you're not putting up the numbers, I at least want to see you hustle, move your feet, and look like, you know, you're going 110%. I'm not seeing that quite as much as I'd like to. No, he's not, he's not dogging it out there. But I, I just like to see if you're in a slump, I want to see you like really bust your ass. Um, and then the other thing is his, his hesitation. I think this plays into the whole package a lot is that he's hesitating to make plays. He's not yet sure of himself. In, in junior and where he's had success, he's playing very instinctual. This is a kind of player where if, if his number one trait is his brain, he's trying to think of where plays are happening before they happen. He's trying to trust his gut. He's trying to make those behind, like no-look plays. That instinct isn't there yet, so he's hesitating. He's trying to head up and like, should I do this? Should I not do this? Should I do that? So that's really in his head. There's a lot in that brain right now, just kind of clogging things up. I think that's a big part of what's going on here. Um, to sum up the bad, I think I'm not seeing a lot of the physical tools that I'd like to out of a first overall pick. Uh, and I think he's got a long way to go to become a star. I, I definitely think he's going he's gonna to get there, but he's got a long way to go. Now, here's what I call the hope section. Um, it's probably one of the hardest situations a first overall pick has ever had to endure. You know, lack of exhibition games, lack of a long training camp, the, the rookie tournament that they often have in the summer, that hasn't been there. He played his last real game in March. So that's a long layoff here. 
Um, I, I mentioned those lack of playing times, the high pressure, like New York, New York's a massive market that this is one of the top three biggest markets. And he's one of the, the most hyped first overall picks in a long time, probably since Austin Matthews. Um, and it's just, it, it's just, it's all kind of conglomerating and getting to him in a way. Now, this is a kid who for the, for the last four years, he's always been the best player on his team. From the moment he stepped into the QMJHL, he's been the best player on his team. You can add that into international tournaments minus one World Junior, World Junior Championship tournament. That one time, he was out of his element there. But he, still, he was still able to lay some physical play. Um, I think this is a player who is not good yet at being not the best player on his team. He's got to acclimatize to not being the best guy, to not being the guy where the offense runs through you. Right now, he's chasing NHL play. And you, what you'll probably notice is when he comes into his own as an NHL player, the play will run through him. Like it, it was so obvious in the World Juniors, his second time around, they're like, okay, this is our guy. Everything's going to run through this kid. And he was able to slow down the play to his, to his desire. He was able to do whatever he wanted. That, that's the kind of guy that that's the kind of game he's suited to being the best player. And I think that uh, the, the brain just needs to acclimatize it. And I know this is running long, but he, he compares to guys who, who have a cerebral type game, like a Shifley, like a dry like a Kucherov, where the, the, the skills don't immediately pop out at you, but it's the brain that's processing at such a speed. And, and I think these players take time. Like, like he doesn't have the uh, the tremendous shot like an Austin Matthews, the the speed of a McDavid, or anything like that. Like the skills, you you wouldn't even say, oh, this this guy isn't a first overall pick. But when he puts it together, the brain will kind of elevate every skill he has, and and I hope he can get there. But I honestly, I don't think it's going to be this season. Now, I think it is a project. I think he's got a lot of work to do, and I hopefully he can start uh, changing some of those little nuanced things. And, uh, and I am worried. Yeah, I, I'm worried, man. Like it's, it's, it's a fact. Uh, I didn't think this would, this would be the case. And I, I, have, there, I think there's definitely reason to be concerned out there that he's not going to reach that, uh, that lofty expectation that I had for him, which was like an he, Eichel type level of player. Well, listen, to be fair, he's played six games. I know. So, Joe, like, I, and, and, I mean, and listen, hey, I, 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 I don't follow him as close as you do, but like, again, like, like I said at the, at, at the top of the segment, like, there's such an expectation for guys to be like produced right away. And I guess the difference in this case that you might be concerned is because Lafreniere was touted as a generational player. And the fact that he's falling short of it right now is concerning. But like, like you said, like if, if you agree that he has all these, these uh, the, the mental aspect of his game, it might just, it, it's so strong. It might just take time for him to find it. And the two games I saw against New York, to be honest, against Pittsburgh, I, I wasn't impressed personally, but then again, I only saw two games. But again, like it might just take him time to develop because like you said, like when I watched Stutzel play against the Leafs, he only scored one goal, but I noticed him out there. He was fast. Right. Like I noticed him out there immediately. Um, I didn't notice Lafreniere at all when he was playing against the Penguins. So right. that might be a little concerning. But like I said, I think you just got to give it some time with him. Yeah. Like he, he For- will be okay. Like I think he'll be a good player. You just got to give it some time. Well, that's, that's the thing, Joe. I think you're right. It, it is a short sample size, but why I'm reacting like this is because my, my expectation of him is the Matthews, the Eichel category of player. Right. That's where I've always placed him. And if those two guys, 
in any six game sample size in their rookie career, you'd know they were there, that, that they were special. You would right. know, oh, that guy's a that guy's going to be amazing. Maybe he's not putting up points right now, but I noticed something in Eichel, Matthews, these kind of guys, and why? And me not seeing that really scares me. In even even a six game sample size, because I want to see something. Like Nick's talking about little flashes, but they're not they're not like so so flashy that I I am not worried. You know, I I am very worried about this. Yeah, I mean, well, if you had to say a uh, prediction. Both of you to like how many points? Let's say the over under at I don't know. Let's say let's say thirty five points. Well, or what do you think? It's so a better question. Be I don't want to do that. What do you think is like a failure for him points wise this year? I say twenty. Twenty. Twenty would be a big failure. Nick. Twenty would be a big failure. Eh? So so what did Jack Hughes have last year? Like twenty or twenty five? I'll look it up. So in, in that range, Nick is where the Jack Hughes. Uh, that would be my barometer. Like if, but see, if he but, has a but, worse but, point per game than Jack Hughes last year, I would call it a disappointment. Uh, last year, let's see, Jack Hughes finished. Well, he pl- only played 61 games. Yeah, he only he finished with 21 points. But this year, Jack Hughes only has played six games. He already has seven points. So again, right, right, right. But regardless of what Hughes has done this year, so it's a 56 game season this year. Last year, he played 61 and he yes. had 21 points. Yes. So yeah. So that range yeah. twenty three. So, so yeah, I, I would say like if he doesn't have over twenty five points, it's a disappointing season. Okay. Call, so call, 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 call disaster. For the re- for the record, Joe, the Vegas over under, like or not Vegas over under. What am I saying? But like the projected Yahoo like point yes. was was forty points. Oh, so I was selling him short with 30. I thought 30 yeah. was hot. You're, you're, okay. we're, we're all, yeah. yeah. But based on what I've seen in this six-game sample mm-hmm. size, that needs to be adjusted dramatically. And so if, if it's not over 25, I think it's a major disappointment. I will, I will say two final things though that might affect that. The first is that, and there's good news and bad news. The first is good, the second's bad. The good news is watching this Ranger team watching all their games, listening to, to Coach Quinn talk every interview, following all the guys on The Athletic, they don't have a lot of guys to displace him. Like, the good thing with this team <laughs> is that there aren't they're guys. <laughs> like, Kyle keeps saying they're going to bench him or they're going to they're gonna put him in the bottom six for the whole season. They, won't they, can't, they can't do that, not because he's playing great. They just can't do that because there's no one else to take those spots. Like, no one on this, their best bottom six player philip cheadle got injured yesterday he's out for the next six weeks like their bodies are falling on the on the floor i didn't didn't know that he got hurt i didn't know that either yeah yeah he he got hurt and he's gone for six weeks and he's their third line center like he's he was in for a team that's already depleted at center uh they just lost another center so there you go so they don't have guys to bring up to displace him so that's as long as he's healthy he's going to get his chances that's observation one and that's a positive yeah, they're rolling the bad with news, Colin Blackwell the, and Brett Howden as their bottom two. Yes, centers. sir. Yes, sir. The bad news is that they're one four and one and currently reside at the very basement of the standings with Ottawa. Wow. How much would a negative culture? They've lost four straight one goal games. These have been crushing games to watch if you're a Ranger yes. fan. Yes. Oh, I'm a Laugh fan, not a Ranger fan. But if I'm a Ranger fan, these are crushing losses. That Pittsburgh um, one was a dagger. 
Yep. Man, even last night, they were up 2-1 against Buffalo and they coughed up the lead, lost 3-2 in regulation. <laughs> oh, my Terrible. God. And, and if they lose tomorrow against the, like, Buffalo's second last in that division, if they lose tomorrow, that's four points you've <clears> lost <throat> to, to one of those teams you got to catch. So that tomorrow's a huge game. Uh, but my, the point is, they're 1-4-1. One, one. If they keep losing at this rate, how does he cope with a losing culture? We're so used to seeing him be Mr. Positive, smiling on the bench, joking with his teammates. If this is a losing season like this, how much does this change his attitude in his season? That's How much does that affect him? How mentally strong is he to overcome that? That's what I'm interested in seeing. Because the way know, it looks think- right now, if that looks like where it's headed. Because this Quinn guy... He's he's mashing the lines like every game is just fucking guys flying all over the place. And yeah, as, he's, as he's, someone he's as someone as someone who thinks they know a lot about coaching, that is the sign of a guy who looks like he's lost, like he's just throwing pain at the wall and hoping it stick, sticks. He's got the blender and, and that's going. What, yes, sir. And that's what's going on right now. And it's not a good look. And he's he's searching for something. He's searching for something to keep his job. Yeah. yeah and uh well, I, I want to introduce uh, our our episodic Nick's coaching conundrum section, and I want to say, Nick, it, say you're the coach of the New York Rangers, Mister Coach. Hello, sir. What should I do at practice today? What uh, What do you do with this team? What do you do with this situation? How do you best develop this player? Because uh, honestly, I think there's a there's a there's something to be said for like. He hasn't earned this ice time that he's getting. He hasn't earned top line minutes. Like, do you teach him a lesson or do you keep throwing him out there and hoping that he gets a point and that'll get momentum going for him? I don't think he's just like any other prospect where you have to groom them and make them earn it. I, I think this is a guy who has enough pedigree and has, has built enough clout in his junior career to warrant all the opportunity to succeed. And I like what Ferraro said when I sent you that clip. This isn't a guy you can bury and put in the, the Quinn bin. They're calling, the, they're calling it the Quinn bin if you're not on his good side. And I don't think this is a guy you can just bury in there. It will demoralize him. And if you're Coach Quinn, you got to give him every chance to succeed. you got to give him different looks. Try him with Zabanadrad. Try him with Panarin. Try him with Kreider. Try, see what works. And because if you don't, you're going to hear it from management. I'm, I would like if I'm being the coach, this is Nick's coaching segment. I'm going to hear it from management if I'm not giving him the minutes because the fans at home watching on TV, they want to see Lafreniere. That's going to sell jerseys. They don't want to see him playing 13, 14 minutes a night with, with, uh, with Brett Howden and <laughs> Philip Gauthier. You know, that, that, that's not going to sell jerseys. What's going to sell jerseys is playing with Zabana Jad and Panarin every night and put it being on the top power play. So I think, A, from a marketing standpoint, to keep my job, that's important. And two, to bring out the best in this player who has done enough in his amateur career to warrant, quote-unquote, VIP treatment. You know, because he's not just like any other prospect. But, but don't you think, like, like, this is a lot, like the way he's playing right now is probably the product of not playing, like, competitive hockey in over a year, like think about it. Like he missed the world juniors. He didn't have training camp. Like this could all just be like no. these first two weeks might be like his exhibition games. Yeah, like, this is his like, version, like, this is his Austin, version of training camp. So to your Austin point, Matthews, he, he scored four goals in his first game, right? Yeah. Well, he had six, he had six exhibition games before that. 
So maybe yes. these are just last six exhibition games. That's what I was trying to say. So to your point, I, and I agree with you, if, if you want to get the most out of him, he should be playing 23, 24 minutes a night to get him acclimated to the NHL game because he, 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 and I actually think he would have benefited greatly from going to the world juniors and playing with that Canadian team. Um, so yeah, this could just be the, the issue of a guy who hasn't played competitive hockey in a long time. And, and a lot of the observations I'm hearing from you and Kyle, uh, you guys have watched him more than me this year is that he looks like he's still back in the queue. So maybe that's the, this, what this is, this is maybe the acclimation to the NHL and, uh, you know, you just got to give it some time and you don't, you're right. You don't throw him in the Quinn bin. You keep playing him. I desperately hope you're right on that, Joe. I really do that. This is just him getting. I sense too much panic between both of you, between the fantasy Nick and your personal interest. I sense too much panic here. I'm worried, man. I'm really, really worried. I really am. I expect. And hey, Uh, even Craig Button, even even the professional said this guy will step in and and, and put up 60 points uh, over an 82 game season. Like this this guy was supposed to be. This guy was supposed to be the most NHL ready. Well, using the word on, professional man. and Craig Button in the same sentence is kind of a little oxymoronic. But uh, you know, what? yeah, sure, I agree with you. He was touted I, as uh, the Kyle, most NHL ready of all the players, and he's he's nineteen I, already. That take will not age well, and he's definitely like it goes without saying he's not going to hit that close to that pace this year. But I, I I think here's what I thought about the other day. I was like, look at the faces of that World Junior team last year. I'm going to list just some names. Like these are the faces of the world junior teams of, of that team okay. last year. Bowen Byram, Dylan Cousins, and Barrett Hayden, along with Lafreniere. Those were the f- core four. Am I wrong in saying that? Uh, Those were the fair. faces. That's fair. Right? Maybe B- Byram to a lesser extent. Byram was more this year than last year. But yeah. And, I'm, yeah. and, I, and, and, I, and I watch those players now. And they're fitting like a glove. I've been watching Arizona because I've had to watch these games out West. And Barrett Hayden is an impact player. Like you notice him when the puck's on his stick, you notice him this year. And I've talked enough about Cousins and you talked enough about Byram. And Laugh is arguably a better player than those three guys. He, when they celebrated last year, he wore the flag. He won the tournament of uh, MVP. Just give him some time. If those three guys have have impressed to this point, I think Laugh will impress. He just needs some time, just like those guys had some time. Barrett yeah, Hayden lo- is, yeah. looked lost. Barrett Hayden look, looked lost last year, and now he looks like a totally different player. Yeah, this so, isn't an Alexander t- Dague situation. He's going time to will Time will heal all wounds. Time will heal this, this little two-week segment here where his reputation <clears throat> has taken a bit of a hit. And I expect... You know, and in one month when we're back, when, when we're on this show, I'm sure we'll have seen some po- many more positives. I hope I hope you're right. I'll just say this: my my faith, which you know is is always very strong, hence the Jonathan Drouin uh, love over the years, is on life support. My faith is get, on life support. You got to give that one up. No, 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 no. He's doing excellent this year so far. He's doing excellent. Point per game, fits right in at the top line. Amazing player. I'm, Again, I'm being paid off, of a, Joe. I'm being paid off for all my support. Yes. That's what I am. You, you, you have to die with the ship now. Exactly. But I will be I sailing to it. Tahiti. That's where I'm going. I respect it. <laughs> I don't know about $5.5 million worth of respect, but I respect it. Come on. Good deal. Good deal. Uh, sh- shall we move on to the closing segment? Sure. There's another segment. 
Fantasy. Oh, my God. Okay. So I went through the exercise today of going through the, the top player, basically going through our whole draft, all 19 rounds. And I looked up players that are overperforming, underperforming, and then waiver wire pickups that have been fantastic. So wow. of those three, of those three things, what do you want to hear first? Uh, uh, under, we, underperforming, underperforming, yeah, underperforming. Okay. Do you want to go by team or do you want to go uh, like an order of, of like who's underperforming? Well, I know exactly uh, what you're going to say for my team, Elias Pedersen, the underperformer. <laughs> uh, just, yeah, go. I don't care. Just haphazard, whatever you want to do. Okay. So let's go. Let's start with Joe, who in my model had the most underperforming picks of everybody. Oh your model. Hate to throw eh? you under the bus, but these, these oh, are just okay. four things I noticed. I, I, I'm more um, of a fantasy football guy, anyways. I'm trying to uh, figure this whole hockey thing out. Third round. Elias Pettersson is ranked yeah. 300, 331st right now in fantasy. Not good. Uh, not good at all. I, I Going into tonight, he basically had one goal and one assist. Now he has a goal games. and an assist tonight. He, he got a nice game tonight, so I will tip the cap to you there. Um, Mike Hoffman, sixth round, ranked 374th. Not good. I have watched every blue game or almost every blue game so far this year. This, my friend, was a bad draft pick. I, I would have drafted him. I would have fallen for this because I, I like his pedigree. I thought I he was going to have a revi- Yeah, I thought it was going to be like a revitalization. Project I, I would have taken him and I was pissed. I was pissed when you took him ahead of me. So I would have fallen for this, too. And he just doesn't look like a fit there. Uh, th- that's a very defensive oriented team. Very different than Florida. And you can uh-huh. tell immediately that the coaching staff does not like him as much for that reason. He doesn't really suit their identity. He's kind of just going to be a power play specialist, which he's not even on their first power play. He's on their power play too. Yeah. So it's, he's playing like 12, 13 minutes a night. I just think this one, it, it sounds like a bit of a stinker. So I, I hope for your sake, he does better. Cause I would have taken him too, but just had to point that out. And then, uh, yeah, a couple more. Tristan Jari, seventh round, 588 currently. Not good. Not good. Not good. And I would have fallen for this too. He was one of my breakouts, goalie breakout. So I really, I, th- I think he's been great. I thought he was better than Murray all those years. Hindsight is 2020. I think he turns it around. I, I think he turns it around here. Um, and then uh, you, you drafted Seth Jones in the eighth round. And he's ranked 517th right now. Uh, I believe he just has one point so far. Seth Jones. You're really ripping uh, on my team here. <laughs> I, I just, what, hey what man, dick, these are eh? just my observations. These are just my observations. Kyle, you want me to rip on your team? Yeah. Car- uh, Carter Hart. <laughs> oh, I knew this. Oh. That, that, that is, that, <laughs> yeah. that is not going to age well, that lyric of his and our song. Uh, no. Fourth round. You took him in the fourth round right after I snagged Jordan Bennington. He is ranked 605th uh, in fantasy right now. Talk about and a that, bad character guy. That, that are we, is are a, we allowed to defend ourselves? That, that is a sparkling 418 <laughs> GAA and an 880 safe percentage. I would, uh, uh, I would, yeah, I would take yeah, him t- again. I would take him again. Yeah, 
I, honestly, I'm with you. I mean, it's a short sample size. I think he's going he's gonna to be just fine. Um, and uh, young Rasmus Dalin, seventh round. <laughs> I would have taken him. I would have taken him. 404th. He registered his first point yesterday. <laughs> yeah, he's, so, he's, he's been odd. He hasn't looked good, eh? I don't. He looked fine yesterday. I, I thought on the power play he would look just fine in that Buffalo Ranger game, but so, I, I don't know. Yeah, go on. I clearly haven't watched enough. It was just the one game, and I thought he was okay, and that's why I, I think he'll be just fine. But to only have one point in seven games, and you're on the top power play on a on a top ten power play in Buffalo was surprising to hear. Yeah, big time. Talk about first overall picks, right? Yes, sir. Uh, time to shit on myself. Uh, of course, we already went over it. Alexi Lafreniere, sixth round, five five ninety. He's ranked right now. Yeah, zero. Uh, obviously, zero point through six games. Um, Anthony Mantha. Uh, this guy, Kyle, he got benched the other night. Things Whoa. have not started well in in, in really? this season. Yeah, he, wow. He, he's he is still trying to find his way. Uh, he's ranked three sixtieth, and I took him in the eleventh round. So, so value wise, like not as bad as some of the other ones I mentioned, but still bad. And then mm. my worst one, because at least I can, I, I, I see, I am, I'm optimistic about laugh. This is my worst pick. Tyson Berry. Oh, sorry. Oh, did I not Eighth? say that Tyson Berry was going to be shit on the last time we talked? Like I told you, you didn't listen to me. Eight. I took him in the eighth round. And he's oh. 424. Wow. And that power play has not gotten any better. No. He's, he, al- he's he almost has... ruined it. Yeah, it's, it's almost been Ky- worse. Kyle, Kyle. He, he's recorded only two points. And as of last night, to your prediction, he has been kicked off the power play. Woo! Ah. <laughs> all he does is drive shots into people's shins. This guy sucks. So I, 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 I'm sucks. probably going to drop him tomorrow. <laughs> So I, I will, I will, that, that he will be the first player taken in the top eight rounds to be dropped. Um, so there you have it. Oh, that was, was going to say wasted pick. Yeah. Yeah. You go on, go on. I'll, I'll do mine after. Yeah. It's a waste. It's a wasted pick. Uh, if you want to interject, I have a few more, but if you want to inter- interject, go ahead. No, I was just going to say on you, like, how are you feeling about the Zabanajad pick right now? It, it, no, like I was going to include that. But it's not that bad to the like anyone who was in the top 200. I I wasn't gonna put in here, but watching every game, I, he I looks think bad. He, he will. Be. He looks terrible to me. He looks like a he, dumbass he, he, out there. He he contracted COVID. Oh, he had some health problems. Let him get healthy. Uh, I I I think he will be fine. Uh, but I I I definitely like. There's a part of me that like I thought about the other day. I'm like. We live in a world now where people are taking Mika Zibanejad ahead of Sidney Crosby in their fantasy draft. Yeah, isn't that crazy? No, and, and like twenty in twenty twenty one, people are taking Mika Zibanejad, like this duster on Ottawa six seven years ago, ahead of the yeah. Mr. Could you Golden yeah? Could you Club. could you imagine saying that like five years ago? Like that exactly. Insane. Good God, good God, it, it, it's crazy. Now Sid. I don't think it's been like fantastic. Like in those, in those New York Ranger games, I don't think he was that great. Um, so, so jury's out there and with Rutherford no, it's stepping not. down. 
with Rutherford stepping down, we'll see what happens with that team. No, 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 no. Come on. He's he's putting up he's, a 90 he's point better. pace he's like been better every than, year. He's been better than Mika, but uh, but I still haven't seen... Like, I didn't even notice him like one of those games. And it was the first Sidney Crosby game I could ever say that for. Come on. Um, so, and, and, and that leads me to my next one. Uh, Evgeny Malkin. Third round, 324. And the, and this was uh this is Matt Moops, so Moopsie. uh yeah Moops Moops kind of flubbed this one. Uh, it, it's 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 yeah he's got two points in in, in like seven eight games, um, and then other than that, really quickly, uh, Eric Carlson ninth round he's ranked five seventy one. I saw that coming. Yep. Um, Zach Rensky, Zach Rensky went in the sixth round. He's ranked 463, same as Seth Jones. He only has one point, so something's Surprising. not going right in that in that Tortorella system. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, that's uh, that's about all I got here. Uh, good picks. Nikolai Ehlers, twelfth round. He's ranked fourth in Yahoo right now. Pretty good. Fourth. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, pretty shocking given he's always been a guy who's been ousted in favor of those other guys. Um, he, yeah, he's up there right in the league. Lead. He's got as many points as Mitch Marner. Uh, Joe, how do you, how do you like the sound of that? Sorry, say that again. Your mic cut out. Nikolai Ehlers has as many points as Mitch Marner. Yeah, he's been awesome. Like, good for him. 12th he's good. round. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kyle, I guess that's the, Kyle, I guess it's the character taking over. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Kyle, thirteenth round. He take he took Nick Suzuki. To no one's surprise, he's ranked thirty eighth in Yahoo right now. Wow, amazing. Uh, a little on the older side, but fourteenth round. Nick Backstrom, thirty ninth. Uh, that was my pick. Mitch, fourteenth round took TJ Oshie. He's ranked fiftieth. Uh, Michael. 15th round took John Gibson. He's ranked sixth in Yahoo right now. Ooh. Um, Josh Anderson, Joe, 16th round. 16th round is ranked 80, a respectable 80th in Yahoo right now. What's he got like four points? Um, Kyle should know this. I'm looking this up right now. Uh, let's see what the 5.5 million. Yeah, he's got, yeah, he's he's got three goals and one assist. Nice. In six games, by the way, in six games. Yeah. Nice. Uh, another Kyle pick, Anze Kopitar, seventeenth round, ranked seventeenth. Oh, yeah, that's God. That's a that's a good pick. Like, so no longer chirp, no longer chirp, Kopitar, you fuckers. Yeah, I come <laughs> on the show every week. I bust my ass off talking about the Kings, and you guys shit on them and give them no respect. Hey, I I I, I haven't. I think Kyle does. Kyle's just an anti Kings. Uh, yeah, he's very. Yeah, anti-LA. and now and now he picks up Kopitar, and now he sounds like, oh, I've been in your corner all this time, Nick. Fuck off. <laughs> and 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 yet you still won't trade him for Lafreniere, even though one's shit and one nope. is great. He's untouchable. Give me Crosby for laugh. You're not getting laugh. <laughs> he means too much to the room. <laughs> uh, and finally, uh, the final one. Uh, my pick. This was the last, like the latest guy taken who's been pretty good. 18th round. Uh, Logan Couture is 53. He's had a nice uh, bounce back year. Yeah. Uh, Man, and then finally, yeah. pick pickups. I have eight pickups that I looked through the waiver wire, and and they've been fantastic so far. So um, <clears throat> neither of you cracked this list. 
which shows you you guys have some homework to do as far as checking the waiver wire. Or the we already have the, good the, teams. No, no, well, I definitely don't. But the problem with the problem with fantasy hockey is it's like a fucking it's like a it's like a second job. Like from the from the fantasy football from the fantasy football world, I'm not even a first job right now during the school year. But from the from the fantasy come from fantasy football where you can literally wake up Sunday at 11:30 and start your lineup, and I got to start these players every night. It's it's you know it's a it's a it's a different world for me. Yeah, you're right, man. No, it's it's definitely different than just having to start guys once a week. Um, it's a it's a different ball game. But I digress. Uh, so these are just guys who are now ranked in the top 100 who were taken off the wire. There's eight of them. Uh, Jack Hughes, like I stated earlier by Michael 98th. Uh, he's good a good pickup. Eh? No, I disagree. Watching him go bar down on the power play. Like, whew. well, listen, he's much improved from last year. That's for sure. He looks great. He, he like the skating was on display last year, but he looked small and he was always like weak on the puck. He looks like an NHL player now. Which Wait, is Kyle, which, which, what is your team? Which, which team is yours? Touched by Tanev. Oh, right. Yes, I should have noticed. <laughs> uh, Alexander Romanov, taken by Bradshaw, 81. He's looked great. Meh. Kyle? Meh? Meh? Yeah. That's all, all you're right. going to give him. Okay. Yeah. Um, Jacob Vrana, taken by Mitch, 63rd. I think he's more just a beneficiary of those guys being out for COVID. Uh, that'll probably regress as we move on here. Uh, that sneakster, Josh, takes two guys on the flyers, Kevin Hayes and James Van Riemsdyk. They're both in the top 50 now, 48 and 50th, respectively. Yeah, that you had a fucker. big game the other night. You had a big game the other night, JVR. Are you talking about pickups here, Nick? Yeah. I like I love how you failed to mention Brandon Tanev ranked fifty nine, who I picked up the other day. I was getting there. I thought you I said I wasn't on this list right now. at all. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Or so my, I guess he's not here. Or my five twenty pickup of Tyler Mott, who's now ranked fifty four. Ooh, <laughs> I like that pick. <laughs> okay. Um, really? Oh my god. Yeah. Wow. You can all eat who shit. is this guy? That's amazing. All right, relax. <laughs> uh, Matt Matt Moops, Connor Garland, ranked 46th. Uh, Mitch, this is my favorite pickup, and I wish I got this one. Joe Pavelski, ranked... Mm. Tw- he's, only, he's only played three games, and he's already ranked 25th. Why didn't you pick this guy up, Nick? Like, this is so uh, against your character. He was quick. Mitch, Mitch was really quick on this. Th- this guy has... Eight points in three games, and he's got he's got seven power play points. Seven of those eight have come on the power play. Nick, he's got. F- it, it, oh, you're right. Wow. It sounds way too crazy of a stat line to. to it, it's going to regress significantly once like Jamie Ben's back, but it, it's it's pretty shocking. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty shocked. But Kyle, I will mention I missed on him, but so far the top two waiver wire fantasy performers are on my team. Do you want to guess who they are? Uh, let's see here. Uh, Varlamov. Uh, that's all I got. Okay, so as and Toffoli, Toffoli, Toffoli. Yes, yes. Varlamov and Toffoli are the two best waiver pickups so far. Toffoli was the first star in the NHL uh, for the for the first week. Um, 
I think this is going to regress significantly. So I'm, I'm actually, yeah, that, there, right there will definitely be a regression to the mean there. Yeah. This he guy is a streak. He is as streaky as streaky guys get. So I'm trying to trade him right now. Um, and then uh, as of yesterday, the number one player in all of fantasy hockey, Semyon Varlamov, mm. uh, that, ca- that came after two shutouts and a one goal game. How do you like that, Kyle? Well, I really don't like uh, Nick being this cocky on the, on the show right now. It's very, uh, it's bad. It's poor character. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't see anything out of Varlamov, to be honest. I, I see the Islanders are like not even in a playoff <laughs> spot. And, uh, and <laughs> that's not a, that's not a great first uh, starting goalie to have, you know, it's amazing what happens when you can't score goals. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, he got shelled last night. Which, by Islander standards, I just call letting three goals in. I consider being shelled. Well, by uh, Islander by, standards, by, yes, by Islander yes. standards, yes, yeah. Yes. So, so, so that happened. But, uh, anyways, I got the problem is I have four goalies, and they're all very high end goalies. So, I, I think I'm going to maybe trade we'll one talk. Well, maybe we'll maybe we should talk trades uh, later on in this week. Yeah, I would love that. I, I got the two Vegas goalies. I got Binnington and I got Varlamov. We could so uh, we could definitely right have there. a we could definitely have a discussion because my team's going nowhere with Anderson and Yari as uh, my goalies, unless us uh, by some miracle happens. I mean, Anderson, I'm sure will correct himself, but Yari. I, remember, we were talking last year about Pittsburgh having a stale team. God, right. Yes. There's yes. there's literally nothing that describes Pittsburgh more than uh, than that. Yeah. It's just yeah. a stale team. And by the way, I just saw on on uh, Twitter a list of their possible GM replacement candidates, and the list is not good. I have seen Peter Torelli on there, uh, John Ferguson no. Jr., Tom no. Fitzgerald. Is is uh, Pierre on there? Pierre's not on there, according to Sportsnet. <laughs> He's not. But uh, man, like these are some bad, bad, bad hires like Jason Botterill, like not good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not good. Yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll see. Uh for those pens. Oh Hextall, Hextall's on the list too. I wouldn't mind that actually. Yeah. That would be so weird though, like a Philadelphia yeah. legend. That would be very, that, very know. weird. I wonder why he got fired rather well, there's probably more to it than we know, but um yeah, no, I, I just think he's been making some very questionable moves oh. in his old age. Oh, it's it's well, good as, that he as left, we said, honestly. Joe. As we said last at time you were here, I, I think he clearly failed the capacity assessment that they ran him. Yes, through, and he has simply lost the ability to be a GM. Yeah, and, and sometimes that happens. I mean, listen, three cups is three cups, but when you're trading uh, first round picks for Kasperi Kapanen, there's serious ouch. problems. Ouch! Ouch! Yeah. Ouch! Ouch! That hurts. Not good. Not good. All right. It really hurts. So, uh, yeah, Kyle, I'm I'm done bragging about my fantasy team. So, unless you have anything to add, we can wrap up here. Well, I, I was just gonna. I have a f- couple fantasy duds. Uh, I'd like to point out Robin Leonard. I don't know yep. where you drafted him, but he's been shit. I didn't draft him. I kept him and, and got to draft him in the 15th. Oh, round. that's even so that's even oh, worse. That's, that's brutal, man. That's so brutal. Should have kept someone else. Yeah, man, should have kept someone. He's, he's Three he's of his four fine. starts are, have been bad. Thank no, God you've he's got had Flurry. Two, two, he's he played two games, and in two of them, he won with two goals against. Okay, hey, he played. He's played three games. We've got eight forty, eight forty, nine thirty eight, nine oh nine. That's three bad starts. Yeah. <laughs> okay, That's three here's bad what I starts. will say. Here, and you here's what I will him. say. He's... Here's what I will say. Having watched every Vegas game so far, I went into the season hoping Flurry would win this job. 
And I still think that's what's going to happen. So stay tuned. Flurry has been lights <laughs> out. Flurry is seventh ranked in fantasy right now, and he has been fantastic. I, I, I want to impose sanctions yes. on your team for the amount of goalies you have, Nick. Yeah. Fucking four goalies here. All I know. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Oh, I. It has to be done, man. I mean, it, it, it's not a. It's not like a. It's not a recipe for success long term, but. I, I'm really just holding on to them. To and I think out. I'm starting to understand that fantasy hockey, like goaltenders are actually fucking important. Like they, they, it doesn't like you could lose a week just on goalie stats alone. Like it's bullshit. Four, four of Great 10 time, categories, yeah. buddy. Yeah. It's complete bullshit. Yeah. It's, I hate, it's, the, it's, I, it's I hate this system. I hate this system. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, like you mentioned, you mentioned Leonard's track record flurry shut out two goals against one goal against which combines for a one GAA and a 951 save percentage. Oh, and I'm, I'm, I'm over the moon for Flurry proving the doubters wrong. Yes. Yeah, everyone I, said I, he's, he's going to be shipped out of Vegas. Like this guy's trade fodder. This there's no one in the up. game. There's no, no one in the game and the goalie position that I like more than Mark Andre Flurry. I think he's such an incredible person. Just a yeah. great player. Like just exactly. Yeah. Wish nothing but well, the best. I, I, uh, like last, and, last t- show. Yeah, go on. And. He uh, indirectly led to Mike Babcock getting fired. Yes, yeah, save. Yes, sir. Save. The save. I, be- I believe that was on Nick Patan or something like that. I remember that. Man, he's just a so much better per Like they were interviewing both goalies like on opening night and Leonard's sitting there like hunched over, like giving one word answers, like with a fucking hood over his head, like he's possessed. Like the guy's a fucking loser. And then like Flurry, he's up there. He's sitting straight. Every reporter asking him questions. He's like, hey, Jim, how's your family? Hey, Sarah, how are the kids? Like, like he's like, he's like asking them questions before they're asking him questions. I'm like, this guy's he, the fucking best. This is good character. He, no, uh, you, you put way too much emphasis on these post-game interviews. <laughs> it's just, it, it's, I have never seen someone draw more ridiculous conclusions from <laughs> two second snippets of post-game interviews. And, and boys. It's, it's, it's uh, obscene. And, and shockingly. Maybe maybe it's not shocking, but the guy who was vilified in the playoffs last year was Flurry. Isn't yeah. that something else? Leonard's this great guy, Flurry. Locker room cancer, people were saying. Could you imagine? Could I just you can't imagine? picture. Him. I can't picture him being an asshole, though. You know? No, he's not. He's it's crazy. Like, I just can't. Like he's that one of those is... guys where I look at his face. I'm like, no, this guy's like a. It seems like a nice guy. Like I'd want to have a beer with him. It's the dumbest narrative ever. I remember we got pretty heated last year, like playoff time about this topic. And I'm glad with the way things are going so far. Oh, if, yeah. if they trade him, I'll be, if they trade him to get rid of that salary, which is still it, like it still is on the table. I'll, I'll be pretty livid. <clears throat> yeah. Cause I, I think this team will need both goals. Like if this well, team yeah, has well, aspirations, he's, he's, he's 36, they're going to need both goalies. Was he like a 7 million cap hit? Something like that. Something for like this that? year like 30, and ne- this year and be, next year, he's got to be thirty six or thirty seven, something like that. No, the the something rumor like ha- r- rumor has it if Vegas wants to add like another impact forward or defenseman at the trade deadline, thinking this is their year, they will have to get rid of Flurry to let that cap. Well, if, it, if this isn't their year, then I don't know what is. They better they gotta win yep. now. Yeah, it's la- last shot at the bar for Pete DeBoer. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's 36. He just turned 36. Yeah. Pete the, so, Pete the Boar. It'll he's be your, interesting. He, yeah. Isn't he your boy, Pete the Boar? He is my, he is my man crush, Pete the Boar. Yeah. 
It's a shame he's a loser. Win- Win- Windsor graduate. Windsor yes, he is. <laughs> hey, John Cooper's a lawyer, too. Fuck off. <laughs> no, I, I already I issued my apology a couple of weeks ago to him. We're, we're on good terms now. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm glad. That that narrative is over. I, I I've stopped following him. He, he's he's like ru- he's ridden a... he's ridden into the sunset. I can no longer call him a loser. Yeah, like he's a he, cup champion. He, he did it. He did it. And so I he he literally stuck it in my face, and I I can't even chirp him back. I can't wait till Matthews does the same to you. Yeah. 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 We'll see, man. The day the Leafs win the cup, it's gonna be like so. Did, like it's I'll be so split, you know, because my childhood team will have won. People like Matthews will be hoisting the cup. Listen, if the Leafs, uh, listen, if the when the Leafs, well, but Tavares will host it first. He's the captain. But Matthews, right. yes. But no, yeah, yeah it's uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is that it uh, for this week, Kyle? Oh, uh, that's all I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. we're good. Okay. I, yeah, I think we're just under two hours, so that that that's a nice cutoff. So uh, yeah, thank you for joining us once again, uh, Joe. It's it's been uh, I guess it was like since October you were back you were on. So yeah, thanks for hopping on again. Anytime, thanks for having me. Pleasure to have yeah. you. Awesome, awesome. Of course, as as always, heated as always, fantastic uh, banter. <laughs> great, yes. great banter. Uh, yeah, and wish you both the best in the uh, fantasy. Although not this week because I I have to crush Kyle. Um, uh, so we'll see where that goes. Yes, um, I'm, I'm I'm playing Dino still, fam. I don't know who that is, but yeah, I'm losing right now four I, three. No idea. I'm Christian's sure rad be. team. Ah. Christian's rad team. Um, but yeah, no, we'll definitely t- talk trades, Joe, and um, yeah, for sure. We will, we will, we will go from there. So, thank you, listeners, for tuning in yet again. Uh, episode four of this third season. We hope you enjoyed. And uh, until next time, and, and keep enjoying the action. We got another fourteen games on slate tomorrow. The the games during this schedule, this COVID schedule, just keep on popping up. So uh, enjoy, and uh, make sure to come back a couple weeks from now to hear what we have to say about whatever the hell happens coming up. So until then, thank you for tuning in. Rink Moose is signing off. All right.